Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Fives of the Week. Again, you can email us at Fives of the Week Podcast at gmail.com. Get with us at Instagram at Fives of the Week Podcast or on Facebook at Fives of the Week. It's your boy, Philly. Your boy, Just James. Grandmaster B. In Hollywood. Hell yeah. We're here. Hey, guys. Uh, Ryan, some great momentum. Last episode was the most listened to episode yet, so thank you to our listeners. Shout out to our fans, a couple in Germany and Brazil, as well as here in the United States. And happy Mother's Day to all the ladies out there. Hey. Thank you very much. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> hey, yo, and over half our listeners are women, actually, so shout out to the Maz and the hey, ladies. Hey, hey, now. Hey, got Mother's Day coming up, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, ju- I did just say that. Did stay, I? Stay, okay. stay on cue. I'm, stay on cue. My head's in the fog here. Okay. Happy Mother's <laughs> Day to all you moms out there. Who wants to be a mother? Uh-oh. <laughs> Who wants to be a mother? That should be a show, like a TV show. Your mother. Your mother. What's up with your mother? Who All wants right. to start this? So, yeah, this week we're doing our top five TV shows. So, yep. yeah, these are going to be our personal top five TV shows, right? Correct. Okay, cool. I'm just going to throw this out there, though. I didn't put certain shows on mine that should have been on mine because I knew you guys would pick them. So I'm going to let you know when I hear a show that should have been on my list, and you're going to know how convenient it was that I didn't put it on my list because I knew you guys would choose it. Okay. Who wants to start, though? You want me to start? Yeah. Philly's going to start it off. All right, let's get it. Breaking Bad by Vince Gilligan. Oh, my God. So it aired on AMC from 08 to 2013. Brian Cranston is Walter White. Aaron Paul is Jesse Pinkman. Anna Gunn is Skyler. Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman. Giancarlo Espinito, or Esposito as Gus Fring and Jonathan Banks as Mike Armentrout. Have any of you guys ever seen this? I have not, no. What? No. You've never seen Breaking Bad? Not uh, one episode? No, not That's crazy. Not. Have you, have you really? been living under a rock? Under a mushroom, oh, for sure. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Our intern, Mateo, have you seen Breaking Bad? Please tell me. Thank you. So Three fire. times? 60 episodes. It's Thank so you. good. It's so wow. good. It's... I was hooked over the first episode because they're, they have to decompose of a body, so... It, it's just crazy. It gets you hooked, man. And I was actually late to the party on this. I actually took a vacation. It was in the wintertime, and I binge-watched the entire thing. It was wild. Yeah, it's such a good show. So basically, it's about an underpaid, overqualified chemistry teacher who is diagnosed with stage 3 lung cancer. So he ends up leaking it up with an old student who's kind of a junkie, and he ends up cooking meth. And they get hooked up with the cartel. And, and basically, why he's doing this is because he wants to save money for when he passes so he can support his family. I did see that. Yeah, so totally, I did. Okay, so there's an interesting backstory there. Very you know, good, when your good. back's against the wall and, you know, your life's getting ready to be taken from you. And he's doing whatever he has to do, man. So it was really intriguing. I really liked it. I like the character development, too, because he starts off all, like, calm. And, and he's, you know, he's a teacher. And then he turns into, like, this dude that's dealing with these cartels. And he's showing up with guns. And he's got to put on, like, this face that he's not scared when he really is. Like, it's crazy. Did you see uh, El Camino? No, I didn't. So it was the story of Jesse Pinkman after the Breaking Bad series. So that was actually really good, too. It was uh, Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah, but don't hate me for this all. I never finished it, Breaking Bad. Oh, dude. Well, you have I something know. to look forward to now. I know. I got to go back. I just stopped. Like, I loved the show, and I was watching it when I was at work because we, we had downtime when yeah. I was in corporate or whatever in the mailroom. I used to watch it. I was binging it, but I just stopped. That show's lit, though. It's one of the best shows ever. It really is. I mean, it's on Netflix now. Like, if you guys got downtime, I, I would highly suggest it. I actually, you're going to kill me for this. I don't know if anybody's going to bring this up. Hopefully, I'm not a buzzkill, but The Sopranos, I actually just started watching that. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes. I, I know. I, I'm losing uh, losing my card for that one, but. Oh, 
God. I'm about four or five years behind everything right now, so <laughs> I'll probably eventually get to the Sopranos. But I think yeah. I've seen a couple of those series before. So Great. yeah, I yeah, haven't finished that though. I didn't finish Sopranos, but that show was awesome. Too. I watched the pilot episode and I was immediately hooked. Like, yeah, this is something I can really dig and get into. It's You're fire. Gonna love it. You're gonna love it, gentlemen. You know they're doing a prequel though. James really? Gandolfini's actual son, I think, is playing <clears throat> a young James Gandolfini because he passed away. That. Rest in peace. Yeah, so Breaking Bad, though, like, Walt, you know, he's obviously the bad guy. And then my least favorite character was Hank, who was the, the uh, oh, FBI of officer. And yeah. it, it just, they had a way of totally flipping the script to where you're rooting for the bad guys. You know what I mean? So, um, actually, it, it's great. My favorite show of all time. Grandmaster B, what up? Well, kind of in the same lines of the drug cartel and everything like that, my number one, my, this is my favorite one, was Ozark. Um, mm. Anybody seen Ozark? Love it. Haven't Once. seen it. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Nah. No? You've seen it? The whole series? All right. So uh, Ozark's about a financial advisor that drags his family from Chicago to uh, the Missouri, uh, Missouri Ozarks, uh, where they start laundering money for a drug boss. So uh, there's a total of three seasons, 30 episodes, and season four is supposed to be coming out here soon. Um, they're going to break it into uh, a 14 season or 14 episodes, and uh, it's going to be split into two parts. And so that's actually being filmed right now, and they're getting ready to wrap up on that. Um, <clears throat> Jason Bateman, who's Marty Bird. Right. You like Marty Bird. He's a man. Uh, Laura Linney, who's Wendy, who's his wife. Uh, then there's uh, Julia Gardner, who's, who's Ruth, who... Happens to be my favorite of the whole group there because she's the wild card. No doubt. And then there's uh, the Snells. Remember mm. the Snells, Mike? You yep. have uh, Lisa Emery and Peter Mullen. Uh, it's it's a great, you know, during the pandemic last summer, uh, kept hearing about this show, Ozark. And finally, I'm like, I got to watch it. So we watched the first hour and it was like, man, this is this is crazy. But then it it leaves you hanging with something to watch and it quickly goes into the next episode. And so... We binge watched the wife and I ended up binge watching this show for like two days straight. Like we get, you know, we watched it for like four or five episodes. The next day was another five hours of watching this. And it was like, holy shit. I don't think I can remember any series or any movie that I would want to watch. I would literally watch this all over again. And I have, I've watched a couple different episodes because I'm excited for season four. But um, this was like the very first time ever that I've watched something that I really cling to and couldn't wait for the next one to come out no 100 percent. i'm it with you too good. so got, they got um, three seasons uh three uh, seasons yeah there's yeah 30 episodes i think is what yeah, yeah three seasons are waiting on the fourth to come out later this year okay yeah. so it's 10 episodes a piece that's that's crazy i yeah. thought it just started uh this is back in what was this so it would have been back in 20 2017 2018 maybe mike sounds yeah 2017 oh wow they got 17 they were awarded 17 awards golden globes emmys uh actor guild screen awards 112 nominations that's crazy i noticed a lot of people started talking about it during the pandemic so i didn't know it was like you know came out before and again similar to breaking bad the the opening episode when they when the cartel member has them all the guys sitting in the circle yeah he's pegging them off and then he Marty Bird talks his way out of it like a true salesman. Oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get you your money. It's crazy. It hooks you right off the pilot episode. Fantastic. So, I mean, that was my favorite one, but I've got, a, you know, obviously, four more to go. But um, i start off with my favorite. So Great pick. All right, so I'm just going to go with one that's, like, pretty obvious. A lot of people like this, but some people really don't like this show, but it's The Office. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a mockumentary on a group of office workers, and it just shows, like, how stupid people are and – um. 
Yeah, it's shot like a documentary. So like they they break the fourth wall. Like they talk to the camera a lot. They play jokes on each other. A lot of like I didn't get it at first. And then I started it's with Steve Carell. And um who else is in it? Uh Jenna Fisher, uh, John Ed Krasinski. Helms, Ed Helms from uh Hangover, right? Yeah, he's in it. Yep. He comes in, I think, in season two. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 actually a remake because The Office was a British show. And it was um, Ricky Gervais. He's the one that created the original. So this is like the Amer- I like the American version. I didn't. I never saw the original, but you know who cracks me funny. up on that show is Dwight, dude. Dude, Dwight's hilarious. He's so funny. He's like an idiot, but they yeah. play pranks. Have you guys ever seen it? It's Rain Wilson. Dwight, I think that's the guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like a theater actor, but he's he he's so funny. It's just crazy. It's popular, it, super popular. Yeah. You either love it or hate it, but I, I didn't get it at first. I thought it was kind of dry, and then I just kept watching it. It was like, oh, my God, these guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Never seen a Grandmaster B? I, you know, again, guys, if we're going to go on a subject, I mean, you're going to hear some of my favorite shows. You're going to be like, what? I mean, there, a lot of my stuff is reality, but um, yeah, a little bit of The Office. I still got to watch your, you know, the uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, trust me, you'll love it. I'll like it? Yeah, you will. All right, so I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Yeah, like I kind of, like I said, I left off I left off a few shows that I used to watch when I was a kid just because I thought maybe some people would pick them, like when you guys would pick the, the favorite shows, but um, these are just some of my favorites. We can go on forever. There's so many shows. Oh, God. Yeah. No doubt. Good pick. Well, Hollywood, out of the three, who do you think had the best one so far? Oh, I really like... Uh... Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. That that was that guy was cold. Yeah, it was out cold. Yeah, pretty lit. Great start though. I no agree. Doubt. I agree on that though. Breaking Bad's the shit. Does Hollywood get to pick a show or no? Um, he's gonna come in next week. He's gonna provide commentary today, and then next week oh, he's okay. gonna do the five. Yeah. So. All right, all right. You gotta so, ease. Kind of like the Tony Romo of the group, right? He's gonna yeah. be the play-by-play commentator. <laughs> yeah. right. I didn't get that joke. You didn't get it? No. You <laughs> must not know Jim Nance. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so number two i know a couple of you guys will feel me on this one it's wwe monday night raw i remember watching it from a kid it's been on air since 1993 28 years and over 1400 episodes and still going strong still one of the usa's i think it's their top show right now wow Uh, i just remember back uh the monday night wars like when that started in 1995 flipping back from nitro to monday night raw oh yes it was great. I mean, it, it breeded competition. Wrestlers were bouncing back and forth. They were jockeying for ratings. Um, WCW actually beat out the show 84 consecutive weeks, which I never knew. Um, but it was a great era of wrestling. There was a lot of crossover. Mike Tyson, Pete Rose, Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone. Those guys were WCW, but Tyson and Rose were WWF. So, uh, But great characters like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock that we talked about last week. Uh, I mean, when dude was in Detroit, he drove a freaking Zamboni to the ring. You know, like, they were just doing off-the-wall crazy shit. So, um, the NWO was badass. They had a lot of, you know, oh, yeah. rock star mentality-type uh, characters. And, yeah, man, went to many live events at Joe Lewis. Uh, still go once in a while down to Little Caesars. So, it's just one of those iconic shows, man. Growing up being a fan, it was, it was just great to watch. I was locked in, like, every week. That's lit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've always been a big wrestling fan. Yeah, I always have. I don't know. I mean, it's like it's like a men's soap opera almost. You know what I mean? But it's entertaining. It's a lot of fun. Actually, our mutual friend Pat got got me into wrestling, like yeah. the video games, though. Because when I was a kid, I watched wrestling for like two days, and then my dad told me it was fake, and I was like, "Oh shit, can't watch this shit." <laughs> yeah, and it screwed it up for me. So then I got older, and and that's when Pat was like, "Nah, dude, it's like a." 
but they really do stunts and it's like a soap opera. And then I got into the video game and that was when it was cool because you could get like your girlfriend, you start like trying to promote yourself and you move yeah. up and yeah, it was dope. Very cool. That's yeah. a good one, Philly. I like it. Yeah. Um, so my next one I picked is Shark Tank. Oh, nice. that's love a good it. one. That's yeah. a good you one. You guys yeah. dig that? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Hollywood, you like Shark yeah, Tank? Yes, I like it. Mark Absolutely. Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, Lori Grenier, Robert uh, Hershevac, Barbara Cochrane, Corcoran, <laughs> and Damon <laughs> John. Cochrane, oh boy. Oh, boy. Nice Damon John, you know. So, the, uh, <laughs> so you know, Shark Tank, uh, for those that are listening, American business uh, reality television series uh, premiered in August in 2009. The show originated in Japan. Are cock rings wow. a big business, though? I don't know. I, you know what? I think they are, <laughs> especially around Valentine's Day. Um, so the, the show originated, it was called The Dragon's Den. It originated in Japan uh, back in 2001. And, uh, was, you know, they're known as, instead of sharks, they called them money tigers. So the show is called Dra uh, Dragon's Den. Um, series has been a rating success, you know, winning primetime Emmys award awarded for outstanding structured reality program, uh, five, six years in a row, number one in its time slot. Um, what I love about this show is the art of negotiation, right? I mean, you know, we got a few people that work in the sales industry here and it's always fun to see somebody who's taken their entrepreneurial idea and wants to bring it to light. And you got to sell these investors, right? People that have got deep pockets, like Mark Cuban is a billionaire, you know, uh, Robert Hershevac, you know, Lori Grenier, who's always on QVC. And so she could take a little thing like the smiley sponge. Have you seen these? Yep. Right. The squatty potty. This, this all came onto Shark Tank where you're at literally, you know what the squatty potty is? No. You don't know what it is? Mike, you got to search this. I'm going to try to explain it the best I can. It's a piece of plastic that you put in front of your toilet. And when you go to take a number two, you put your feet up on it, and it elevates your your posture. Your posture, so you can shit better. So it's a natural release. Yeah. And it was very comical when this lady presented it to these investors, and they're like, "Oh my god!" But someone took the chance on it. And I think it's like their second or third biggest selling item on Shark Tank. And this lady who and this person who invented this thing are instant millionaires now. Yeah, and it's crazy. Wow. I got and I'm very fun. proud to say I have one at the house. <laughs> oh, nice guy. Oh, it's wonderful, dude. I'm telling you. I have but a family it, member that could have used one because I accidentally walked in on him perched like a monkey on a damn toilet. Are you serious? <laughs> honest to God. Honest to God, man. That stomach trouble. Yeah. So I guess that felt better, man. And yeah. too bad they didn't go. use one of these, man. And, and and that's, you know, that's just like one of the few of many items. I mean, I personally at my house have like two or three items that I've seen on Shark Tank. And I was like, well, this stuff is really cool because there's so much innovation that comes to the show and not everybody gets a deal. But what I like about it is you see people really, they're trying to prove to people like, hey, I've had this concept, I've had this prototype and I quit my job. I, you know, did this and did that. And they're trying to make an investment or trying to get somebody to make an investment in them. But some of these people really try hard and it's, you're going against people who got the money, right? And they're going to invest in you. And just how it all works out and everything. I just love the show and the, the concept of it. And uh, I, I watch it every week. It's almost like the next level of HSN and QVC. Because like my mom used to watch those shows. And everything they were trying to sell just looks so yeah. tacky. Like everything on Shark Tank yeah. is like they're either real ideas or you see things that are kind of corny and crazy. But it's, it's just nuts to you see how know. much money is involved in that. You never know. The crazy top, the top deal was the Bombas. You familiar with that? That was their, their Philly, uh, what the Bombas. The Bombas, the biggest deal. I don't even know what it is though. What is it? 
Um, I mean, that could have changed since the last time because every year there's a new series of items that comes out. It looks like socks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you recalled that or not, but uh, $225 million was the there deal. Wow. That's pretty socks. impressive. Yeah. On yeah, socks. I think they donate a percentage of their earnings to build schools or something. There's okay. something there, but there's always, I mean, I just like the concept that's of awesome. the show. No, that's, that's a great show. Cool. I love it. Yeah, Absolutely. that's really cool. Okay, so. All um, right, so my next pick is a show called Atlanta. It's about this guy named Ern and his cousin Alfred, and they're trying to make their way in the world through the rap scene. So, like, Alfred, he's a rapper called Paperboy, and his cousin sort of went to college but dropped out. He's a single father. Him and his girl are kind of working it out, but they have a kid together. So he's down on his luck, and he found out that his cousin rapped, and he's trying to basically break him into the industry. And it takes place in Atlanta, but it's written and directed well it's not directed not every episode but it was created by donald glover who's also childish gambino he's a rapper really mm-hmm. never the heard Gambino. yeah hollywood have you heard of this thing no, no i haven't yeah it's on hulu so like i okay. picked a couple shows that are on hulu um it's sort of like an independent show but it it won like i think it won emmys already i mean this kid donald glover is he's insane and it's got great actors in it. So it's Donald Glover, Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield, who's super known. I mean, you've seen him in, I think he was in, uh, he was in, what was that movie with Adam Sandler? He just Uncut Gems. He's oh, in a okay. lot of, yeah, he's in yeah. a lot of things. That was a good movie. Yeah. yeah it wasn't bad. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, a, it's just a really good show. It's just, it's kind of like, it has that, like that eight mile feel a little bit where it just, it's sort of like, uh, you know, just trying to break him into the industry and shows the ins and outs and it's kind of kooky too like he takes it left like there's a lot of weird episodes that kind of break um they kind of just break it up like it's not it's not your typical show you'll have like one random episode that has nothing to do with mm -hmm. anything in the show but it's kind of cool i'm gonna have to check that out man sounds pretty neat yeah yeah i mean it won a lot of awards so <clears throat> all right well i kind of got a popular one here but as a kid i always remember watching in the evenings the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Awesome. The show. Prince. Yes, yeah, sir. Man. Great show. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Will Smith. Smith. Based Smith. actually the show is based on the life of Benny Medina, who grew up poor in East LA. He befriended a rich white teenager whose family lived in Beverly Hills and allowed Medina to stay with them. Medina decided to change the rich white family to a rich black family. That way they could explore like the black on black prejudice as well as black class differences, which mm. I found interesting. Because I feel like no matter white black brown blue purple there's always seems to be the you know people that think they're better than you yeah you know what i mean people that may grow up a little poor or whatever so I, thank you thank you thank you keep it going mike love it love it love it so yeah six seasons over uh 148 episodes originally on nbc it was just cool and relatable as a young teenager you know just clowning around and partying in different you know rich parents houses and whatnot so it was uh it was neat man i love the show yeah i agree good show how about Great. that dad episode oh yeah dude that i remember that was like the first dude it's like a funny show that yeah. episode made me cry yeah straight crazy. up that was crazy Did you see that episode no i didn't see that the dad's like trying to says he's gonna pick him up because he doesn't live with his dad doesn't know his dad i'm spoiler alert but uh he right. says he's gonna pick him up and take him don't on the worry road james with him. i'm not going back and watching it <laughs> it's still it's still on tv you, got, you should you should I go watch back. that scene man and i needed a box of kleenex did you see that did you see that episode? Kleenex, please. No. dude it's crazy no. dude it's like will could have gotten an award for that like he 
literally he's like expecting his dad to pick him up and he doesn't show up he tells him wow. he can't take him Dude, yeah i nuts. want i want Sad. will smith to go back out and do some touring musically he's I nice dig his actually, stuff man he's you nice. don't hear no cursing in any of his music no no and i actually he's, uh, just, he's was, just badass man. i was doing I landscaping will. with my son last year and i put you know will smith on and he was really impressed he's like wow i didn't know will smith at bars like that yeah you know i mean will's tight man no yeah i'll, I'll still bang will stuff man you think i mean you never hear the guy cursing any of his music that just he's goes just... to show you that you can sing some good music yeah man with no big will man no profanity, no profanity and cussing and all that that's amazing and that's will smith yeah oh getting jiggy with it can you get jiggy with will i actually heard nas wrote one of his songs i can't remember which one it was He's just nice, though. He doesn't get the respect he deserves, I don't think. No, I think he's, he's just a super talented dude, man. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, mo acting, movies, musically, Did you all that see stuff. when Joyner Lucas did that tribute to him? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Such a good tribute. This, this new cat, uh, Joyner Lucas, he's a new rapper. He did a whole song dedicated to all Will Smith's movies and just how much Will meant to him. And then Will Smith actually got on a remix with him recently. Really? Lit. You know, James, it. Will's, we were just talking last week because one of your favorite athletes, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yes. Didn't he do a Muhammad Ali? Yes, I was just going to bring that up. He, he killed by, by all means, Hollywood, bring it. Let's hear it. I mean, that was just courageous. He spent time with Ali, mm. and he was just outdone. Yeah. And he played that part. I mean, the body, the... How he acted and everything. Dude, he was got just in great shape. Yes, I mean, he amazing. Got just amazing. totally ripped for that movie. Yeah. Have you guys seen him lately? You see what he's doing? No. What's so he doing? He said he was in the worst shape of his life, so he's like posing with his dad bod. You know, mm -hmm. Chi-Chi's out, belly out, and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's he's uh, he's gonna film his transformation. That's so he's, inspirational. He's gonna try yes. to get in the best shape of his life. So he says. So, really? Yeah. Dude, wow. when I heard that he was playing well, I was so pissed. And then I saw him as well as a. Uh, Ali, I mean, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." The accent, the cadence, everything. Oh. Just he, he, you couldn't see Will. That was what I was afraid of. I was afraid that when you watched the movie, you were gonna see the Fresh Prince right. and not Ali. Yeah. And okay. when you watch that movie, it's like, dude, there is no Will Smith. It's Muhammad Ali. It's kind of right. like when um, what's his name? Um, Jamie Steve, Fox. The, yeah, Jamie Fox Ray, played Ray. Stephen Wonder in Ray. Right. Yes. I wasn't expecting that, but he killed it. Oh, he it did. Was, it was great. And that is, you got, that you is a Fox talented too? dude right there, yes. Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. He's underrated. He's unbelievable. He's underrated. Now, also, you got Fox coming out with, he's going to play Mike he's, Tyson. He's playing Tyson. Right. So right. that ought to be something yeah. to see. He can definitely, I can, can see him doing it. That? I can see him doing it for wow. sure. It, I feel like if Will can do Muhammad Ali, then Jamie Foxx can definitely do Tyson. I hope so. Because he, yeah. he's a master impersonator. Wow. That's a good one. Uh, Philly, yeah, I good, like Philly. that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. No, this is really good. All right, so we're on we're on to me now here, right? Yeah, there. So this is a recent one that I really liked, and it's one of these reality series. It's on WeTV. TV. It's called Life Love After Lockup. Okay. Have you guys seen this? Anybody? This did I? I've this never down? even heard of it, but I have. So, a, I have a feeling it's about people that have been locked up, right? And then they get out, and right, then right, it, yeah. So the premise of this is this: it's a reality. Obviously, uh, uh, these are people that are pen pals to people that are you know in prison. So they're about ready to be released, and so they've been writing these oh, I've inmates and I've all this it, other yes. stuff. And so it premiered back in 2018. And don't ask me how I got hooked on watching this series, but it, there's so much wacky shit that takes place because... Is it only uh, female or, no, or male dude, convicts? Is it female convicts too? It's female too. How, but the pen pals, I guarantee, are all white. 
Um, not really. That's some no. white people shit. No, like, let I me mean, let me write somebody that's in jail. That out. That's some real white. There people is shit. some wacky shit that takes place in this show, and so these people come out like, uh, you know, like there's this one guy. He like pretty much changed everything in his life. He had a successful business. He was giving this girl money, sending her money for her, you know, commissary money so she could have food and everything. She gets out and uh, she just like wrecks this guy's life. And they're like, this guy's a glutton for punishment. So he keeps, keeps giving her more and more to find. Wow. And all his friends are like, dude, you're so crazy. You can't be doing this. This girl was put in, you know, jail for a reason. She was writing fraudulent checks. I mean, they're not hard criminals yeah, yeah. like for, you know, dumb things, but they just made stupid mistakes, but they're, they're there for a reason. Right. Yeah. So Sounds like me and my ex. (laughs) But some of these poor people, they get so intertwined with the relationship, they really think these people are going to be like the one. And they get out. And I mean, there's probably, if there was 20 people casted in this series so far, I really want to think maybe two out of those 20 made it to some relationship and the rest of them. And it's just a train wreck in the making. You can just see it week after week. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch the next one because this guy's going to, you know, this girl ends up taking this guy's car and takes off to Vegas on him and stuff and takes his credit card. Bizarre. He's getting called. How do you think that you can get married to them? That's going to be my husband or my wife. How do you figure that? How lonely do you got to be to be hooking up with, like, there's Tinder, all types of shit out there, and and you got to hook up with a convict? Exactly. And, James, some of these, some of these, Guys, I mean, they have, I mean, in women too, there's some really nice looking, attractive women, but they're like, they're going, oh, he's so hot. I seen his picture. And all of a sudden, you know, this is the guy I'm going to end up marrying. His mugshot? Yeah, his mugshot. Yes. Or they, you know, they get visits and stuff like that. And they Wild. can get meet They him. want that convict D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they I mean, want that. I haven't is... been around females for years D. Right. It's like one of those reality TV shows that I got hooked on. And I'm like, this is so fucked up. I can't stop watching it now. So it's going on for like eight weeks. And then it starts another series in the fall. Kind of mm. like Dancing with the Stars. And I know if, if uh, Hollywood is going to talk about his favorite series or show have been dancing with the stars right. am i right no right you're right uh, yeah i think he directed that show didn't he <laughs> hey <laughs> i'm gonna marry my husband he's doing 30 That's years my in the bitch. Joint. <laughs> but dude seriously this this show jay you gotta check it out i mean when you get a chance i mean it's fucked up you know but i like I, fucked up you know what i mean I, I feel like i lived that already yeah. i don't need the yeah i don't need to watch it. you don't so, want to go back there yeah, so, I mean, again, some of my stuff is not right. I mean, you guys are talking about The Office. You know, you're talking about Breaking Bad. These are really good. These are nominated series and stuff, and here I come up with this love after lockup. Hey, man. But, hey, know, it's good. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it it's it crazy. As long as you didn't hit us different. with, like, you know, Desperate Housewives of Orange County oh, or something. Oh, you ain't seen my <laughs> number four, have you? The Bachelor? The yeah. Bachelorette? Oh, I'm so down with that. That's my number five. Don't, oh, yeah, you're wrecking God. it, but no, that's okay. Keep going. So there we go. All right. Um, my third pick is called Rami. So here's another show that you guys probably never heard of, but it actually was advertised on Instagram, and I saw it. It's basically about this Muslim kid. His parents are from Egypt, and he's actually a stand-up comedian from New York. Or actually, he's from Jersey, technically, but he, he, um, he does stand-up in New York. His name's Rami Youssef. So he wrote this show about himself, and it's basically just about this kid who, he's a son of two Egyptian immigrants, and he's basically just struggling with living in Jersey, kind of hanging out in New York, and focusing on his religion and God, but still involving himself in the things that we do you know what i mean like premarital sex and things like that so he's just kind of struggling to try to find himself he's trying to be good and live like a good path but he he messes up a lot and it's just really funny it's like a hilarious show 
and he wrote it. It's loosely based on his personal life, but um, just a lot of funny things happen. And he has a friend actually, his name's Steve Way, who who has like um, I think he has muscular dystrophy. He's in a wheelchair, and they've actually been real friends since they were five years old. And he's an actor in the show, and it's crazy because he has to take care of him, like wipe his butt and shit like that. Like it's so funny, but it actually shows for the first time, I think, a uh, real representation of somebody who's disabled. So it's just it's just a pretty good like. Um, there's a lot of realism to it. It's a dope show. Nice. I definitely suggest checking it out. It's funny as hell. I'm better than a good show. I bet y'all didn't even hear a word. <laughs> Dude, Philly's over here dying How's from a shot. Philly sh- doing? Philly, you all right over you there? You guys can't see. Philly's over <laughs> here like dying of a shot. Ass. These motherfuckers, listen, next time you guys start talking about Smoking your shows, I'm fucking going and taking a shit. And then I'll come back <laughs> and be like, yo, what's like smelt ass. No. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. That was the biggest shot I ever had in my life. <laughs> Philly, that was oh nothing, my man. Goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so yep, that that was it. Did you catch that? Did you yeah, catch no, all that I, Grandmaster I, B? That I was did. The, yeah. I had to excuse myself for so what, one what, second. So what did you think that it was what would you think was so dope about what I just said? <laughs> I just like how you talk. <laughs> You're so smooth. Who was the favorite character that I brought up? <laughs> um <laughs> And it wah, wasn't somebody wah, in prison, wah. all right? <laughs> Who was getting fucked in prison and writing his wife? <laughs> Well, that prison bitch name was Jesus Savvy. Christ. I had to fucking sit through that bullshit. And he gets up. I'm, I'm going to talk about my show. And Grandmaster B gets up and goes and pours a fucking 10 shots for Philly to down in one go. Oh, my goodness. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's perfect. I apologize. Sorry about that, James. That's, hey, you know what? Fuck me. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I had no, to catch my good. breath, dude. Don't worry. Are you happy? All right. Nah, well, okay. Speaking of fucked up, this show is fucked up, too. So have you guys ever seen Nip Tuck? I Ooh. have seen. Oh yes, yeah. God. This one was uh, so it's a medical drama which ran on FX from '03 to 2010, uh, starring Dylan Walsh and Julian McMahon as Sean McNamara <coughs> and Christian Troy of McNamara Troy Plastic Surgery Center. Each episode is named after the patient set to go under surgery. Um, Sean is more of the family man. Christian's kind of like the playboy. He's getting it in all the time. You know what I mean? Um, Sean is usually fixing Christian's mi- mistakes and mishaps. I'm sorry, I'm still recovering from that goddamn shot, <laughs> dude. God so dumb. fucking that was a glass. That was like a triple shot, dude. Yeah. Hey, you want to do a shot? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do shaft? How about three? <laughs> so get this. I'm sure I don't think any of us had this happen. Season two, Christian breaks his nose during oral sex on a woman. Oh boy! Oh, oh god! Wow! <laughs> I wish that happened to me. You, you know can, what I'm saying? You can Doing see why. You can see why this show would be a little interesting, though. No, that's crazy. And then they had this guy called the Carver. He was like a rival plastic surgeon, mm-hmm. and he would like uh, disorient and dismember his patients. And they would go back to these guys, um, and they would have to fix his mistakes. So it was kind of like a, a weird psychotic game between the two companies. And this dude was like a bootleg cheap surgeon type deal and these guys were legit and um yeah they'd had special appearances by like mario lopez rosie o'donnell joan rivers bradley cooper six seasons 100 episodes wow it was so fucked up it was interesting i was hooked on it that's lit that's bizarre it, it, it yeah, is it's real bizarre i think i've only seen like one episode but i never watched it but i always hear about nip tuck yeah it's good though 
It, it's it won, won a few awards, and um, yeah, it's it's worth watching. If you like fucked up shit, watch it. I'm st- I'm kind of like waiting on a show to pop up between you guys that I didn't put on mine, but I'm sure everyone's at least seen one. Ep- well, I don't even fucking know if you've seen an episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm li- I, I thought I had you figured out, but I had no idea. But yeah. but uh, I'm waiting for this one show to come up. I'm going to bring it up later. Well, but- Jay, you're my best friend, and I know you don't. You don't have number five on your list. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, yeah, where are you at with that? Uh, so we're on, what, number four, right? Yep. Okay, so my number four favorite show I picked was Pawn Stars. <laughs> lit. Okay. I right. love so, that show. Am I getting, nice. am I getting that, hotter? That show is lit, your, dude. What, what, what you're thinking about what we may pick or what you thought we were going to pick? No, I, did, I honestly, close, I right? didn't think you were going to go with these reality shows. Yeah, like, dude, that's I'm pretty all about crazy. it. No, those, their shows are dope, though. So, I like that. you know, most people know what Pawn Stars is. It's American reality television series. It's... Uh, you know, on the History Channel, filmed in Las Vegas, uh, it chronicles the daily activities of the world-famous gold and silver pawn shop. Open 24 hours. Wait, hold on one second. I got to go somewhere. What? Hey, come on back. <laughs> you got... <laughs> so, you know, the series uh, became the network's highest rated show. It's the number two reality show behind Jersey Shore. Whoa. Yeah. Jersey wow. Shore. Yeah. Jersey Shore. Okay. The situation. Wow. Situation. Yeah, she stole my life on the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, what I like about this show is the people that come in and they bring the most craziest shit, whether they know it's worth something or not. And, you know, the guy that runs the, you know, Rick Harrison, the, the bald guy, you know, that's, yep. he's like, well, I got a friend. Let me see if I call him up and come on down and take a look at it. And it's just like, then, you know, the old man, Richard uh, Harrison, who passed away, which is the old you know, the old dude that used to be the main owner of the place. Yes. Um, and then there's Chumley and then there's, there's uh, Rick's son, Corey, Big <laughs> Hoss. Um, what I like about this show is just you never know what's coming through the door. And I was, when I was in Vegas a few years ago, I told my wife, I said, you know, I know this place is somewhere in the old downtown Las Vegas. So we, we had a car. So we rented the car. We drove down to the old Vegas, uh, you know, the old side of Vegas. And there it sat, this little building. And you would think it would be big, but it was like a small little pawn shop. It just opened. Uh, we got there just in time because a line started forming literally before they opened the door. And it's like all of a sudden, like people were just flocking there. The line was going around the building like two or three times. They weren't doing any filming, but when we went into the place, you can see all the mounts for where all the cameras are at. And the main stars weren't there that day, mm-hmm. but everything that I seen on TV was there in front of me, but it looked so small. How cool is you that, know, that they were so successful? They don't, the main people don't even have to go to the shop. Yeah. Like, These if they're guys, not filming, they don't the have American to It's the American dream, right? Yeah, I mean, right. It's crazy. It's what it's all about. Super Bowl rings are coming through the door. I mean, Jimi Hendrix guitar that he played. Yeah. Uh, some really rare artifacts from, like, presidents of the United States and stuff like that. Signed cigar bar uh, How about boxes. the uh, one thing that came through, there, the clapping monkey? Oh yeah, the clap yeah, the Billy Bass too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, so much weird. Was shit, that a real but... thing? Yeah, the clapping or... monkey. Yeah, no keep shit. fucking. Did someone did someone actually pay for that thing? Listen, keep drinking. We're gonna have a couple clapping monkeys around. <laughs> he the, wanted, the, the, the guy yeah. wanted. Yep, uh, yep, yep. He's like, it's an original, and he wanted like, you know, can I get three hundred for it? And he's like, you know, bud, the best I could do is give you a hundred. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I could do. <laughs> Well, you know, I got I got to make money here. He's honest with you. Right, I'm a pawn shop. I got to make profit. Yep. He goes, give me one fifty. He goes, nah, bud, I can't do it. Hundred on the table. Take it or leave it. 
You know, and he hits the thing and the thing starts clapping again. <laughs> Dude, you, you know, it ain't worth 150. <laughs> he goes, I'll give you 100 and get out of my store. You know, Hollywood, oh, a lot man. of these people are probably coming into this pawn shop. They're probably just trying to get money so they oh, can yeah. fucking go right to the casino and throw it oh, all on absolutely. the blackjack table. Oh, no doubt. You they know? try to pawn everything that they can. Oh, I mean, was, that was just funny, though, the clapping monkey with the. But, dude, that's what things. I love about that show, Hollywood. You see all this weird shit, like you talk about a clapping monkey or like. The newest one I just watched the other night, it was a it was an actual guitar that Jimi Hendrix played. And Jimi Hendrix, for those that don't know, played guitar. He played Lucky upside down. Upside down. Yep. And so they had this expert come in and look for the marking on the, the neck of the guitar yes, yes. to verify if it was would have been played the proper way and everything. So mm. like these experts that are coming in looking at all this nostalgic stuff, they have to kind of make sure it's legit. And then these people, some of these people don't even know what they have. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, I want top dollar. You heard what the guy said it's worth. And he's like, oh, no, you know, I'm going to pay for this much for it. Yes, I have yes. to turn around and sell it. And I got to, yes. you know, market it. But I love that kind of show. It kind of goes right in line with the old Shark Tank thing. So, yeah, some of my, my TV show picks are a little off. But we're going to get to the top 10 all-time TV show sitcoms ever. I brought that list with me. Oh, that's so when lit. we're done Can't wrapping it up. That. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine just put out a couple of days ago the top 100 sitcoms of all time, and I just pulled the top 10. Wow. Yeah, wow. of all time. I can't wait for can't that. Can't wait for that, huh? So, James, you're up. Number four. All right, so I'm going to choose something that I used to watch in the 90s. It's probably going to be my my weakest pick, but I don't care. I was a fan of it, and it's called Party of Five. Have you guys ever heard of it? <laughs> Gay! <laughs> right? What? <laughs> Fuck! I, I knew, I knew it, Fuck. dude. I fucking knew it. I fucking, <laughs> fucking knew it. Party of five. Damn it! <laughs> Fuck! What was this about a circle jerk? What was oh. this? Fuck! Damn I knew you. I was gonna. I knew I was gonna get that shit. I, uh, I should have changed James. it. I should have fucking changed it to. Should have changed it to porn stars. What? Porn stars. Party of five. Should have followed up porn stars oh, with porn boy. stars. So Fuck. tell us about this show, brats. All right, so I'm gonna get deep with it right now because it's so fucking gay. <laughs> Uh, no, it's about a family where the parents die in a drunk driving accident. They're, okay, now we're getting serious. You know okay. what I'm saying? So Philly, they, you gotta chill out. Yeah, you're a dick, right. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, honestly, the coolest thing about it is it was in the 90s, so I feel like it was a real show that didn't have all of this, uh, this progressive shit in it. You know what I mean? It was one of those shows that touched on reality, but it wasn't trying to force an agenda. That's the one thing that I remember about it, but... The parents got killed in a drunk driving accident. There's five kids. And the oldest one is only 24 years old. He has to move back home and take care of his two younger brothers and younger sisters. Wow. And he's kind of like one of those wild dudes that he's out there sleeping with women and he doesn't have a career. He's just kind of wild and he has to learn how to take care of his family. James, so, don't let anybody call you out your manhood, man. You're you're an intellectual, dude. dude. You're, right. You're, you're, a, mean, you're a special human being. You right? are, man. Don't Fuck. let nobody talk shit to Wait you, Wait till you bro. hear my number five. <laughs> yeah. That's... That's deep. No, listen, listen. Listen, mine's pretty anticlimactic too. Are right. we on number five? Right, or we, we're yeah. wrapping yeah. up number. We're, we're wrapping number, it up. You know the thing is though, really quick, James. Um, I've seen that, but I never knew what happened to the mom and dad. Mm. That's amazing that you bring that up about the story behind that, why he was there. Right. Because yeah. I've seen that, but just never knew. You know, like where's the parents? Yeah, yeah that's something like if you see that. it like a, a random episode, you probably wouldn't know. But if you know the the backstory, then yeah, yeah. no doubt. Well, the cra- there's a real crazy thing that happens mm-hmm. where the drunk, I think it's like season three, one of the kids actually, because they, they're growing up. Yeah. So one of the kids actually finds out he's an alcoholic 
he ends up going to AA and runs into the guy that killed his parents. Wow. So there's, yeah, the, the show is fucking. So it, this, it's, it's crazy. a serious. It's it a, was seri a serious. Yeah, it was a serious yeah. show. It wasn't a yeah, sitcom. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, I've it was. Seen it, it was a drama. One episode, but yeah, it was. It was. I, I don't know. It was just. It was always on, and the actors were really good. Every wow. single actor, even the kid. Like, there's this girl Claudia. I didn't have this shit in front of me. I'm like the worst guy. I don't. I don't bring facts because I fuck up if I do that. But the little the person that plays the little girl was like phenomenal. And I just, I love real acting. You know what yeah. I mean? You know when you could tell someone's just not a good actor? Right. I, that throws me off. But this was like, it was a real show. <clears throat> it was just written great. And um, yeah, the actors were amazing. Actually, uh, it was Matthew Fox. He was on Lost. Okay. Yeah. So he was That's the- another good show. He was the kid that, that had to take care of his family when he was young. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, Jersey Shore came up earlier. That's that's a good one though. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of lame, but it's Sports Center. I mean, Dude, come on, that's dope. Though. I'm a sports that's guy. Straight. Like it's it's one of those iconic shows out there that it never gets old. Except like now in today's climate, I feel like they focus only on big markets. Mm -hmm. That really pisses me off. I feel like it's only New York, L.A., and Dallas. Yeah. Anything else is like substandard, and it's like, okay, there's a whole nation of sports people out there. Like you have all this untapped potential. You're not even diving into. You know what I mean? Like, do a special on Detroit, man. That's similar to the rap game. Yeah. Like, it's like only these East, West Coast, and then they'll choose like somewhere down South. Yeah. And they don't focus on Midwest. Right. At all. I don't Didn't know why change, that is. Didn't though? Sports Center kind of yes. really, the, the whole Sports Center thing really changed quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. And it's way more, way more political nowadays, which I, I have no interest in. I was going to say that. You guys silly. will, our listeners will know, like, I, I could care less, even though there's certain things you have to care about politically it affects your life but anyway i digress when i want sports i want sports i don't want to hear about so-and-so's opinion on it i don't want to hear about lebron james opinion on it nothing against lebron james but i'm just saying i want to watch highlights of my favorite athletes Word. straight to the fans you know I mean? right. that's just what it is man yeah like can't they take their political views like somewhere else like not saying that they shouldn't have everyone should have their viewpoint but it's like when you're watching sports, aren't you watching it to get away from reality yeah, for like, a while? That's I, right, man. I, I missed the. Uh, yeah, you're. No, go ahead. Philly, go ahead. no, Philly, you're right because you know uh, Hollywood and I could probably go back even further to like when MTV was about music. Oh yeah, yes, dude, there ain't awesome. nothing on MTV right now that really. Maybe you'll get an hour show once a day for music and music videos, but right. when it first came out. That was the stuff. Dude, that was the shit, man. You'd get yeah. like the Thriller video. You'd get all the hottest and latest. The man on the stuff. moon. Word. And now Sports Center's <laughs> starting to just turn into this, like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, like, I'd rather... I miss the Chris Berman rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's all changed. Like, it went from, like, the format that we loved and grew up with to this, I don't know, it's a whole different situation now, like yeah. MTV. Yes, and I, you know what I like about, about uh, Sports Center, you know, besides all these politics and everything that we're going through, and we all know, the world knows what we're all going through and stick to the basics. Like right. Marcus Spears, he makes it fun. Mm -hmm. We all knew Marcus Spears as a defensive end. He used to play for uh Yeah, it's LSU Britney Spears' brother, ain't it? Which call? Yeah, he used to play for me down in yeah. Dallas. And Cowboys. How there. about them Cowboys? Hey, man. <laughs> and he stays to the facts. He, he's to the game. And, and I think if we continue to go away from that, yeah. it's not going to be fun anymore. You know who man. I miss, though? It was Stuart Scott. Yes, oh, absolutely. man, what a, what a gem, Rest dude. in peace to him. He was awesome, Fantastic. Yes, Booyah. Yeah. Yes, what a class act that guy yes, was. Yes, he was. Good pick. Yep. Um, 
So that sports center. So Mike, let's let's read off your top. We'll go through your five real quick. Let's recap what you had down. All right. So Breaking Bad, uh, Monday Night Raw, Fresh Pr- Prince of Bel Air, Nip Tuck, and Sports Center. Very good. Wow. Very good. Very good. All right, man. So uh, my number five. Call me kind of you know an old phobie, but uh, one of my top favorite shows is Family Feud. <laughs> nice. Um, am I hearing crickets chirping out there? Yes, I am. Well, <laughs> fuck it. you. Love because it. I'll tell you what I like about Family Feud, man. It is like, it's about, uh, it's, you know, everybody knows what Family Feud is. It's been around since 1976. Isn't I that guess... where he always came up and he got a kiss from the ladies? Yeah, that was Richard Dawson <laughs> yes. back in the 70s and you could kiss and all this other stuff. But I love Steve Harvey, man. Yes, I love Harvey. Steve, Steve Harvey made that show so much fun to watch. And what I like about the Family Feud is because you get some of the most stupidest answers from yeah. people. Yes. And there's like a ton of YouTube clips out there with like the dumbest answers ever on Family Feud. And I've literally seen these shows as they went, you know, live with them or played them on the air. But um I just like a game show that makes it fun. Uh not that I watch a lot of game shows. I know once I hit a certain age, I'll start watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> but um Family Feud just you know, always just you know they got the celebrity family feud, you know. So I kind of like that show. It's a classic pick, though, just like I did. Like yeah. I feel you on that, though. You know, it's, I mean, it's not I was, a bad one, dude. I was gonna go deep in the archives because obviously I don't want to keep reminding people I'm a little older than everybody else here. But a little, dude, just a little bit, man. I'm getting sold. Hey, insur- who are you kidding? Hey, the insurance company only gives me six <laughs> months' damages. Yeah, so the wait, thing, they give you what? I thought, no, I thought I'm getting, you were gonna say they give me I'm, six months I'm, to live. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm so old. The insurance company sends me six month calendars. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right. So uh, you. thank you. But um, anyways, I, I don't know. I just went for a classic. But I think back to my childhood, and this is going way back. But like Sanford and Son, like the you know, oh, you man. remember yes, Sanford yes, and Son yes, with Fred yes. Sanford. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, good times, and like I'm going yes. back to when like. Comedy was comedy, all in the family, and like all oh, these crazy that was a good one. shows. Like you know, in today's society, people would be easily offended. By Married it. with oh, children, yeah. Archie Married Bunker. With children. What about Archie, Archie Bunker? Archie, Archie was, you know, he's off the cuff racist, he was, but he was wild. Those were some of the classic shows, and you know, this list that I have, amazingly, some of those shows aren't necessarily in the top ten of all time, but there's a lot of these shows that were in the top twenty, twenty-five of all-time sitcoms. You know, I saw a clip where Archie Bunker was actually talking about the Second Amendment and sticking up for it because he was talking about how in Russia they took everyone's guns away. It was the craziest thing. It was like an old clip I saw on YouTube, and I was like, wow, you know how different that would be today? It would be the reverse. Oh, yeah, man. It would be the reverse. Mm, yeah. That's so, a good point. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up my, my again, my top. I went with the Ozark, uh, Shark Tank, Love After Lockup, Pawn Stars and Family Feud. Kind of boring, but... Uh, no, that's a great list, B. That is good. Seven, eight, I'm there watching Family Feud Are you? every night. All right, then yeah. we're in the same group. I love Absolutely. you for that. Thanks, yep, Hollywood. You got it, brother. Yeah, All right. no, that's a good one. My Thank last you. pick's going to be uh, another show you guys have never seen. Uh, it's <laughs> I gotta Where did this bathroom. guy come no. from? <laughs> right? Hey, I'm going to go grab a shot. Be right oh, back. fuck. Grab three. Are, grab are three. Really? We're going? Grab a glass. Guys, get up. Uh, do you guys know who Louis C.K. is? Oh, yeah. I love Louis C.K. Really? What the fuck? Well, how about you take a walk then? Uh, <laughs> go grab a drink then. Uh, I'm talking about someone you know. No, uh, my favorite, my last favorite show is called Louis, and it's written by Louis C.K. This show is fucking hilarious. Like, if, I know you guys haven't seen it, but I think it was on, um, it was on FX, and then it was on Netflix. But if you get a chance, you have to watch Louis. It is the most wildest show. It's just basically his life. It's like you know, it starts off. It's like a wacky Seinfeld. 
Like it starts off where he's in the club and he's doing stand up. He's divorced. He's got two kids. I think I sent you a clip one time where he's falling asleep in his bed watching the. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Remember he's watching the the news anchor. Yes. And she she starts off like just telling the news, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Yeah," and then I want you to come on my tits, and he's like, "What?" And he fucking rewinds it. <laughs> he, he, and then like she starts saying some other shit, and then he realizes he's dreaming. <laughs> But there's like all types of random shit in the show. Like there's uh he can't sleep because the the garbage guys are outside just right. making mad noise, and then they fucking bust in his window and they start tearing up shit in his room. It's just it's so random, but it's hilarious. No, that's, that's so that's yeah, a good one. yeah. If you like comedy, man, you have to watch Louis. It's 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 just uh only yeah, one, only sixty one episodes. Did you know that? Yeah, he did. Uh, wow. he he only did five seasons, and then I think he. I think he did uh he wanted to do a different show. Mm. He did it he did like some random show and everyone was like, Why are you why are you leaving the show? Like it's doing so well. Like on IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, like it has one of the highest ratings. But um yeah, he also he also worked out a deal with FX to where they can't even watch the show at all until it airs. So he has complete control over what it is. So they can't even they can't even look at any episode before it airs. Mm. So he yeah he just he had complete control. He could do whatever he wanted. So that's a nice thing I feel like as a producer. And you're, if you're able to do that, you can be you can be yourself creatively. Yeah yeah you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah like you don't have to you don't have to have it. You know is this okay? Right, and then the producers right. are like, no, we can't air that. So he could literally just break rules and yeah. curse and sh- you know it's it's nuts. You guys got to check it out for sure. I've heard a lot about it actually. I haven't watched it myself besides that clip you sent me, but I I've, I've heard nothing but good things. So go ahead and recap your list, Jay. All right. So my list was The Office, Atlanta, Rami, Party of Five, and Louie. Okay. Uh, I want to do some honorable mentions too, though. One yeah. of the shows that I thought you guys were going to talk about, but it didn't come up, was Entourage. Okay. I, I just because it's like so known, like most people have at least seen one episode and just know the cast. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you guys seen it, but that was one I wanted to put out. I wanted to put out Taxi. It's an old show. Yeah, oh, I remember yeah. Taxi was but, good. Yeah, Danny that shit's, DeVito. Danny DeVito, um, Christopher Lloyd. You know, yeah, it nice. had a, yeah. Nice. Um, that show is on Hulu now. So like, I've never seen it when I was growing up. Andy Kaufman, and like, I started watching it again. I was like, damn, this fucking show is so good. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. They don't make comedy like that anymore. Another one was um, a different world, mm. and that was like sort of a spinoff of uh the Cosby Show. So it was oh. the the daughter that grew up, uh, Lisa Bonet. Yes. She's fucking. She's so bad. She was in it. Uh, and then the last one was, I don't know if you guys heard of this show, but it's called How to Make It in America. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, though. So that was like the same creators of Entourage. They made a show about two guys that are trying to make it big in New York. And they're just trying, they're kind of like street hustlers. They're just trying to sell like skateboards and just whatever. But it, it only lasted two seasons, but it was, it was a dope show. Like it, it literally showed how it was in New York. Nice. It was lit. So yeah. I don't know if you guys any got well. You're gonna go through the top ten, right? He's yeah. got Dallas. Who shot Jr.? <laughs> well, I'm gonna go through the top ten. Uh, these are gonna be the top ten TV sitcoms of all time. This Let's do it. Seinfeld number one, baby. You're wrong. But Cur- curb you're your enthusiasm. Cl- you're, no, it's, it's Friends. Fuck. Dude, the fact if this wrong, I was gonna is is it Cheers? No, it's not. Uh, Fucking uh, Frasier. No, I, I love all you guys' guesses, and, and some of these are gonna be really Cheers? a surprise. Um, will they know them, Master B? So, yes, I, well, some of them they'll know, but some of maybe some of them you will, and some you won't. So instead of going through the top one hundred, we just want the top, the, the oh, final sorry. ten. Start at um, the bottom. Start at the bottom. Starting at the bottom. So number That's what she 10, told me to do. 
Number 10, <laughs> Larry Sanders. Uh, Sit down. These are uh, sitcoms, James. What? Philly sitcoms. Don't know them. Next. Okay. So Larry Sanders. I, <laughs> Sounds I, like a football player. I don't know much of it. Oh, that's Barry. Uh, that was number 10. Number nine. Did, did you say Bernie Sanders? Bernie, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Goddamn that, Bernie. Hold on. Did we say Bernie Sanders? <laughs> that's it right there. So we got Larry Sanders was number 10. Number nine. Parks and Recreation. Okay, I heard of that. Okay. That's another big one. I never got yeah. into it. Now, yeah, this I've is going to go back to the old days, and this is before our time, but number Fuck eight, em. The Honeymooners. That's, yes, an, yes. that's an amazing show. All right. Yes. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Is Pawn Stars on there? I mean, um, <laughs> what? Stor- <laughs> storage Wars. Storage Wars. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> no Storage stars. Wars. Damn it. God. Um, number seven, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes, remember that. Ah, man, I never watched mm. that. But dude, that's like that's like a '70s show. Good night. N- number six, Golden was Girls. M- Brett. No, no. <laughs> our mothers watched that show. And I'm telling you, some of these are going to go back to the I shows. I love Lucy. Our- James, don't be looking at my list. Okay, so come on. <laughs> Larry Sanders, number ten. Parks and Recreation, number nine. Honeymooners, number eight. Number seven, Mary Tyler Moore. Mash, number six. Ooh, number five. All longest time outro ever. Sitcom, All in the Family. <laughs> Number five. Fucking love it. Number five. There you go. Archie. (laughs) Number four. Anybody want to take a a stab at it? Seinfeld. I love Lucy. Fuck. That was was big, though. Number four. Yeah, number four. And uh, so there you go. We got that one. And uh, we're going to go with uh, number three. I'm going to say the Jeffersons. You wrong, Wheezy. Married with children. It is number three is Seinfeld. Okay. Seinfeld. Okay. I knew he was up there. Top sitcoms of all time. Mm. Coming in at number two. Anybody? Philly? Sanford's son, I'd say. Oh no, dude. That was that was way on down the list, believe it or not. I wow. looked that one up. That was like number fifty something. Number two was Cheers. I fucking love Cheers, yeah, well, though. Cheers I can't was, lie. Yeah, Cheers was great. Cheers was wow. dope. And uh, and this is going to be, now I want you guys to, uh, hopefully nobody looked at my list. Mike. I can't see that. Can we get a drum roll, please? Can we get a drum roll? Have you seen my glasses? I cannot okay, see that Okay, I far. want everybody to take one guess. I had no idea this was the number one all-time sitcom of all time. Can you say all-time one more time? I'm the greatest of all times. <laughs> what do you got, James? Fuck, man. Come on, uh, man. What, that wasn't said. It better not be friends. I hold, swear hold to God, go, if it's go friends. Go through the list one more time. For okay, me, so you want to go start from 10 yep. on up? Yep. You're not cheating. You're not no. going through your Google no, search here. Down. Larry Sanders, number 10, Parks and Recreation, Honeymooners, Mary Tyler Moore, MASH, at number five, All in the Family, number four, I Love Lucy, number three, Seinfeld, number two, Cheers, Number one of all time sitcom. Friends. Can you can you give us a hint, like d- without throwing it off? <clears throat> oh, dude! Wow, the, the Simpsons comes in at number one. Wow, wow. Matt, unbelievable! Matt Groening, mm. that motherfucker is a beast, though. Think about it. I was going to say wow. Tim Allen. Been on for I was thinking, dude, goes. that was Hollywood a show that I wanted one. to bring up. I wanted to bring that up because it's Michigan. I thought you would have it on yeah, yours. I was the think Simpsons Tim coming at number mm. one. Do you believe that? That's crazy. I, I, I believe mean, it, though. I believe it, though. I, mean, I believe it. It's definitely believable. Their shit is so funny, though. And yeah, that's kind of mixed of errors because 
good times and Archie Bunky and all them not not being up yeah. there is like kind of like wow. But so that just goes nuts. to show you how far. Yeah. I wonder if they're just going by views because or and longevity, longevity because it's just for been sure. on forever. Been around yeah. a long time, right? How many seasons? Uh, anybody can get the fact on how many seasons. I'm going to say The Simpsons has been on. There's since... like there's got to be like 15 seasons. Oh, I'm going to say there's more, more than, than that. that. No, there's like tw- I'm going to say no. 20 plus. Dude. Yeah, that, so it's got to be 20 like plus. The early right. 90s. Yeah, because they're still on. Yeah, they're still going. Or is it repeats? No, they're still going. They're still okay, going. It's got to be, it's gotta be 25 years. How many How many do we got, Philly? It's over 700 episodes, 32 seasons. Wow. 32 <laughs> seasons, I which would make it. sense why it's not. I feel one, old. Right? What about you, Master no, I'm, I'm feeling old, man. So the that, Simpsons that, It's got to go back one. to what, 1990, 91? Has to be. Even, I mean, maybe least, even right? earlier than that. I, mean, I was 17. I was five, dude. Wow. Yeah. Because I remember wow. coming home from school in the evening. It was like um, Doug, the Rugrats. Fucking Fresh Prince, and then watching The Simpsons later. You know what I mean? Because it had a little bit of adult humor in it, so it was on a little bit later, but yeah. See, I didn't have cable back then, so like I had, Simpsons was on regular TV, so that was one of the shows, like I had to see that one. Mm-hmm. That was that was a must watch. seasons that last, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, amazing. What's, you know what sucks though? I feel like Family Guy kind of took over, like as far as comedy goes, like Family Guy is way funnier now. Peter, get the papers, the papers. <laughs> <laughs> But you think about all the different characters. I never was a big Simpsons guy, but there are some episodes that you watch. Like they bring in so much reality into that show. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was really shocked when I seen the number one. They also yeah. have like so, real guests though. Like when they had like yeah. uh, I think they had like Green Day on. They had Eminem. And, they had the yep. they had Kid Rock. Oh. They had Bob Seger yes, on the show. Yes. They and they get those guys to do the voices for real. Yeah. Similar, oh, yeah. similar yeah. but different. Did you guys ever get into South Park? I did. Yes, loved it. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Hilarious. The, the adult humor in that was amazing. Dude, it's still nuts because they, I think they say like they're able to do the turnaround time because they do limited artwork. They can do like stuff that's so relevant. Yeah, kitty, it's a bad kitty. Yeah, South, Park, <laughs> South Park is freaking Get him with fun. the hammer. Get they him did, with the hammer. They did some really, Dude. really wacky stuff in oh, South yeah. Park. That's they were for wild, sure. man. You pimping, know what I'm saying? You want to be a pimp. Then you gotta learn to get. See, it's all about knowing to get. All What's about knowing to get. The game is how you treat the bitches, know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, they're hilarious. <laughs> Gotta love that show. That's awesome. So were you guys surprised by that though? Seriously? I, 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 I was forgot. by the Simpsons, yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't expect it to, to top the list, honestly, but yeah. yeah. So that's I'm surprised Seinfeld was under cheers though, to be real yeah. honest with you. I'm not like hating on Cheers, but I think Seinfeld. How just... long has Cheers been around? Forever, dude. Yeah, it's been around but, forever. But Friends wasn't even on the list, and that's a huge show. Yeah, but like Friends, to me, it, it's popular, but I don't think it makes sense. You, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it was popular because it had like known actors. But if you look at it, like it's got a fucking chick who works in a coffee shop. They all own a, like this huge yeah, apartment in right, New York City, right. which makes no sense. They're all banging each other. One's <laughs> a sister. Phoebe's an idiot. Like yeah. it's just all random. True that. Cheers was like the perfect bar. You go to all your friends. It was just perfect. Yeah. 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 You know, hey, what's up? That's how it should be. Yeah. That was going on, man. That's it, man. All right. So let's get into uh, the sports report. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, yeah, man, let's do it. Let me kick right. it off. Uh, great top, great top five this week. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay, go ahead, Mike is so, yours. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Mike, you need another shot. Let me go take. Let me go take a shit. <laughs> All right, here's your bathroom break. No, oh, can you boy. guys educate me on something? Take like, a make, <laughs> make me want to watch sports well, again. Okay, well, this is, has pertaining to, to tonight. So, okay. Canelo Alvarez's brother was kidnapped. 
okay, in 2018. All right. Um, he had to negotiate over the phone the release of his, one of his brothers um, in the days before the Rocky Fielding fight in New York. So crazy. Didn't notify the police. Still went through with all his media obligations. Where's he? Where is he from? Do the drop. Bad hombres. <laughs> I have no idea where they're from. Mexico. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, because he Mexico. He, thank you. He had very bad thoughts about the cartel being involved. You know, Mexican police possibly being involved. Just think about that. You're going into a big fight, probably a championship bout, and your brother is freaking getting kidnapped down in Mexico, dude. I mean. What'd you guys do in that situation? Mm. Could you proceed like he did? You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's deep, dude. Yeah. And this is one of the best fighters in the world. You know what I mean? So you can see why his brother got kidnapped because I'm sure they can get a mint for him or out of him. Um, that's just tough, man, to, to go about your daily business and continue on. And I, I give him kudos to him for doing that, dude. Getting his brother out, beating the shit out of Rocky Fielding, and you know, being one of the best boxers in the world. You know what I mean? So he handled it like a man. You know, he went over that fucking wall, beat the fuck out of the cartel, and threw him back, threw him back over the fucking wall. He went over there, threw him over the fucking wall, came back and beat the shit out of the guy he was supposed to fucking fight. That's what he did. That's what a man does, okay? That's yeah. Fucking guy. That is we it. It <laughs> wasn't high enough, though. Right. Apparently, Philly, not. that's some crazy stuff right there. Yeah, though, that's man. wild, though. Right, we're about to get even deeper. So, this is Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh All right. Felix Verdeo. Okay. A grand jury on Thursday indicted Puerto Rican boxer Felix Verdeo in the killing of a 27 year old pregnant woman. Oh, a case, my God. A case potentially eligible for the death penalty, which mm. I totally agree in this situation. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. She it's was reported missing last Thursday after showing up to inform Verdejo that she was pregnant. Now, this is his mistress, mind you. Wow. <sighs> she was identified via dental records when the body washed up on shore over the weekend. Okay, so Verdejo was, was married with a young daughter. I just want to say R.I.P. Keishla Rodriguez and the unborn child. Um, Verdejo can rot in hell for all I care because that's bullshit. That's crazy. You, know, you make yeah. a mistake, you know, you have a relationship out of wedlock, whatever. You got to own that shit, man. Own it, dude. You, you don't take somebody else's life, let alone an unborn child's life. Yeah. It's just, that's the bottom of the barrel for me. That's crazy. Um, that motherfucker needs, he needs to yeah, be. Yeah, he, he's got to go. He's got to be punished for that that's shit. That's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, in that's so many insane. ways. Yeah, it's yeah. like you fuck up, and then now you're punishing someone else. Yeah, how do you kill her? Um, I I left that out because I didn't want to give him the, um, the airtime on it. But basically, we, you can tell me off air. It's fine. You guys want to talk about? Yeah, it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't give him the airtime. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that, that's yeah. how I felt. So I left it out. He's yeah, a piece of trash. That, dude. I just I just can't believe that. Moving on, Juwan James injury. Okay, this dude was working out away from the Denver Broncos facility. <clears throat> Tore his Achilles. All right, and now he, it, that torn Achilles may cost him $20 million because he was working out outside of the, the team facility. I want to know your guys' feelings on that. Is that just because a lot of other athletes have come out and said, hey, this is unjust, I don't agree with it. Like, say, you know, we're working out, we hurt ourselves, but we're unable to work. Should they still pay you for that? Wow, thin line, Mike. We had that problem with Rosenberg. Um, in the motorcycle accident. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Where they was not going to pay him and everything. And they told him, they said, in the contract, you will no longer ride a motorcycle anymore. 
or you no longer play for this organization. And I think they refused to pay him because that was on the outside. Mm-hmm. Kind of something like Zumaya when he when he broke his finger, whatever he was saying, he pitched that year for the playoffs, Zumaya for Detroit Tigers. Something he did at home, horse playing, whatever it may have been. Right. So looking from a business standpoint, um, you own this person, you're paying them big money, and they do something on the outside, who knows what it might have been. Are we obligated to pay you? If you do it on our facilities or in the game, you're on our watch. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. What's your guys' take on that, Master B? Man, I'll tell you. I don't know, man. That's that's some deep stuff right there. I mean, um, sometimes just is just. You got to do what you got to do, man. You know? I um, feel like it's it's pertaining to the job, though. Like yeah, working out yeah. is part of their livelihood. This is what they have to do on a daily basis to earn that paycheck. That's right. So I feel like they should at least meet them halfway and give them 10 out of the 20. I mean, am I wrong for that? No. No, I don't think you're no, wrong for that. That's, that's weird, though. Why was he working off at a different facility then? So A lot of athletes do that. They they prefer to work out in the confines of either their own home, their own hometown city, because you got to think when you're a pro athlete, you're on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly with the team, working out there with their trainers, which I understand, too, because at least you're under su- their supervision and – you know, it's like a liability thing. But yeah. if, if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, keeping himself in shape and the accident happens, it's like, damn, man, does that dude really deserve to, to lose out? But at the same time, like you said, uh, as a business, like, well, it's it's laid out here. You have the option to work out at home. Absolutely. But we don't cover that. If you work out here and you get hurt, then we cover you. So if that's laid out in the contract, then I guess they got a gripe. But I see it. It's hard. It's really hard for me. The only thing about it is, and I'm like, I'm not the sports guy, but as far as like business goes, he can injure himself in the shower, say he was working out, and then they got to pay for him. So as a business, they have a contract for a reason. They want to protect their own investments. They're not here to be paying out for people that injure themselves off site and then want to say, oh, I was just working out. You know what I mean? Right. So I I just feel like if it's within the contract and it's like, it's like Hollywood said, like they own you in a way. So it's like, oh, if you're going to be mine, you work out on our terms and we'll cover you. But if you want to do your own shit, whether it's biking or whatever, dude, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's if it's working out. As a businessman, no, I'm not paying for you. Yeah, and maybe when they do work sense, out though. like that, where they're covered, they have their trainers on site yeah. to over well, what happened. Well, you know, he did this and pushed a little bit too much to cover, you know, their, their assets. Yeah, because, I mean, what happens? Like, let's say he did do something weird, twisted his back, got out of bed wrong, and then now he's like, oh, I was working. I was doing push-ups at home. Yeah, and absolutely then, right, yes. what? what they're supposed to pay for that? Yeah. Nah. All right. Well, no, I appreciate the feedback. So this is a hot button. I talked to Grandmaster B and Hollywood off air about this. This is the, the hot news in the NFL right now. Aaron Rodgers apparently wants out of Green Bay. So let me run you down this timeline, then I want your guys' thoughts. So last year, the club uh, drafted Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers' successor. Okay, so James, this is like a guy in your your role at work, just so you can relate to this. Hiring an, a younger kid, you know, to groom him for your role, okay? Um, he didn't like that, okay? Season didn't end well. Rodgers was upset about how the coaches calls down the stretch in the playoff game. Um, and then these rumors circulated about the team offered Rodgers to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and he turned that down, okay? Mm-hmm. And this guy's been with the team his entire career, all right? And then on, on um, this all happened on draft day, okay? So... This is kind of like an open-ended question, but the, the theme in the league now, we talk about contracts, right, from a business point of view. Say that guy's unhappy, doesn't like the situation. Is he just for saying he wants out? 
or does should he just shut up and, and honor that contract? Because I feel like it's a double-edged sword. So I, I'm interested to get you guys' take. Can I ask a question real quick just so I'm really caught up? Is is he on his way out as far as, like, being an athlete goes, or is he still young enough He's to... at the back end, for sure. How many more but years he's still, would he's you still, say? He's still playing at a super Three to four, level. wouldn't well, so, you say, Hollywood? I'll Three say to four? That, uh, well, let's start with Master B on that one. Okay. With well, that thought. So going to go back to what Philly said, you know, uh, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in all the NFL. You know, we talked about Tom Brady last week in episode uh, six, but no, Rodgers is definitely, uh, you know, he had a, what, he had arguably one of his best seasons ever this past season. No doubt. Right? Oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this guy is just phenomenal. Uh, so to understand what the Green Bay Packers did in the 2020 draft, instead of finding a first-round draft pick when the team has their first pick, you want to build around your franchise quarterback. Instead of drafting a lineman or somebody to protect that quarterback, they mm-hmm. went ahead and said, kind of threw the middle finger up and went ahead and drafted uh, Jordan a, Love. A quarterback. Basically yep. told you know Aaron Rodgers in more ways than one, hey, we're – we're looking at our future already. That's crazy. So this guy got upset, had, you know, fuel, uh, you know, had a chip on his shoulder, basically, and established his, you know, one of his best seasons ever. Uh, you know, and then uh, the way it's going to happen, I think Rodgers is just pissed about how the organization treated him. Mm-hmm. Kind of just mm-hmm. said, hey, look, I could still play. He went ahead and proved that. There was a new coach that came in and everything like that. Um, the Packers can, however, they can get out of the contract by 2022. They're they're going to be eating 17.2 million dollars in dead money, uh, saving you know towards a salary cap. And there's so much of these numbers that make up this whole game of numbers in the NFL. Sure. But I think Aaron Rodgers uh, kind of had a chip on his shoulder back in 2005 when he came into the NFL. Uh, he was a number three overall pick, or I'm sorry, he got he was looked over, right? He was yeah. yes, he was yes, looked absolutely. over. And he wanted to go to San Francisco. So there was like this perfect scenario that was set up for this year's draft where everyone thought that there was going to be Aaron Rodgers going to put it out there before the draft that he's not happy in Green Bay. And then maybe San Francisco would end up trading to get Aaron Rodgers. Instead, they ended up drafting Trey Lance right from North Dakota. So there's a lot of head games going on in there, James. So basically, this was, you know, one of the elite quarterbacks in all the NFL saying, I don't want to be here anymore. You guys kind of showed me your cards last year when you drafted your first-round pick to bring a quarterback in to replace me. He goes out and has his best season, one of his best seasons ever last year to prove to everybody he's still the man. Brought his value up just before the draft last week, says, I want out. I'm not happy. Hoping that the team that he wanted to get drafted by would take him back, but that never happened. San Francisco now went ahead and took another quarterback, so they passed on him. So now there's a lot of animosity going on amongst the people and organization. I don't know. Could that be repaired, Philly? I, I Do you think, think it, that's something that could be patched up now? Because I think it's going to be awfully hard for Aaron Rodgers to go back to Green Bay. I mean, the fans will forgive. Yeah. But what about the coaching staff? How does that relationship – that's kind of tarnished, don't you that's think? That's tough, too, because the one point of the the general manager, he actually – after the day of or the day after Aaron Rodgers vouched for a wide receiver, he cut the guy. The yeah, general manager. Yeah, that's right. So that's another like little knife in the side. You know what I mean? Like, wh- why is this going What's on? What's going on over there then? Yeah, there's there's something internally. I yeah. feel like that's bubbling, mm-hmm. and because we talked about it last year too, you, you thought he'd be gone last year. Gotcha. Um, and it's a shame because there's certain guys that make other people better, and to me, it's it's Brady and Rodgers. Absolutely. Rodgers hasn't won as much as Brady, clearly. Yeah. But the, I mean, 
he's I performed mean, he's got, at the high, the same level. Yeah, I, would say. I mean, he's got Devontae Adams, you know, but he's got guys like Lazard and Valdez Scantling. Like nobody's ever heard of these guys, but yet yeah. he's he's thirteen and three in the NFC Championship and he's game every made year. Put him on the map, and he's killing yeah. the Lions every year. You know what I mean? He's just he's a uh, superior talent. So I feel like he has a little bit more cachet to kind of. I just felt like Green Bay should have been like, look, this is our plan. And you don't have to do that with everybody, but this is a special athlete, someone that's going to go down in history. This is a Hall of Fame ball player. I think it's worthy of that conversation. Like, yo, Aaron, this is what we're going to do. Just like when we drafted you to succeed Brett Favre, we're doing the same thing now. Yeah. But you're our guy through, you know, the foreseeable future. I And that never happened, apparently. So I think that's where his ass is chapped about it, which – I understand that. Yeah. I would be too if I was in this situation. That was a question I had too. Like, did they have a conversation about it? Because if I was at work and someone was hiring some young kid mm-hmm. to take over my job, I would kind of be, if they didn't talk to me about it, I'd be like, who the hell is this kid? Right. right. Because this I'm way. still doing my thing. And I feel like as far as contracts go, I'm one of those people that's like, if you're in a contract, you should stay in that contract. Oh, but if yeah. the company's like kind of pushing you out already, it's like, dude, well, then you're not really owning up to your end in a way because you're you're yeah. trying to tarnish the relationship. And this is different than, like, Deshaun Watson. Like, Deshaun Watson, he, like, I don't know if you've you've kept up with it, but he's been getting topped off at all these, you know, <laughs> spas and stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is, like, he's a solidified, bona fide superstar. And yeah, he had so. to prove himself behind the legend of Brett Favre, right? right. I mean, he was riding the he pine. He sat for three yeah. years. Sat yeah. for three years behind Brett Favre, and then he came in, and everybody's like, well, this will never be the – replacement for the great brett Favre. right he's exceeded brett Favre's numbers absolutely and how many of them part. guys when he sat have you seen the nfl draft that year that surpassed him that are not even playing anymore See, and he was crazy. waiting yeah, and waiting dude. so my thing is like this my take on that you have your generational quarterback that you don't go to and talk to about anything on what you want to do you you surpass him you think you're gonna put a sly one on Rodgers by getting this quarterback. You move up to get him, okay? You move up to actually get this quarterback. So that tells me something that your plans are different. So you pull this young coach, I'm going to do things my way. Well, Rodgers showed him, and then this is the way it's done. And he had nobody, and all he wanted was a receiver. And they totally went by his number one quarterback and went out and got that quarterback instead of that receiver. And that's all he asked for. But he was out of the total game plan. And that disrespect to him, is enough. He he's gonna have Cooter to get out of here, and he'll probably go to the New Orleans Saints. You know, Hollywood. I think to James' point, and he made a really good, valid point. In a work environment, you guys think about this. It's kind of deceitful. Yes. Right. If you're like you're like a great employee, everybody loves you. You you're really hitting the mark. You're you're the right person for the job, and all of a sudden, your boss introduces you to somebody who's gonna be your assistant. Does that leave a bad taste in one's mouth? Hundred percent. I feel right? like that, I mean, yeah, that's just kind of kind of it's a buzz killer for you. Like, well, what did I do wrong, or right. why not? You know, what, what's going on? Well, here? especially if you just crushed it on your last. You know, like you you just said because I haven't seen it, but you're saying he performed at one of the highest levels oh, yeah. he's ever Absolutely. performed at. It's yeah. kind of you it's, know, it's like putting... when I I train new people all the time for my job. Yeah, and you know, lately I've been feeling like it's not about what like give me something but it's like i feel like something extra should be done because i'm giving this guy all my knowledge and right. you ask me every time and i never say no after a certain time it's kind of like okay i have value too you yeah know, either get, throw something on top of that or do something man 
I don't even give a shit if it's if it's something small. Right. Like, here's, here's a couple tickets to a ball game. Thanks yeah. for your help. Or so I'm taking time out of my day to focus on this individual, make him better, and set him up for success. Like I feel like there should be something. Oh, absolutely. Added, added I believe you should, I agree you should with sit you. at the table Billy, you're right. and say, well, guess what? Hey, James, you know what? We got bigger and better things for you, and we need you to train there this you go, guy Hollywood. so that's we can move you up. And that's a great right. point, understanding Because yes. that, that builds longevity. Because absolutely. if you're you're yeah. pushing that guy to get to the next level, he's going to continue all the way up the ladder to look out for the, the guy beneath him's right. success. Yes. Right. But here's a real question for all you guys. Do you think it would have been more important or more useful for the team to pick another quarterback and have a conversation with Rodgers or pick somebody else in a different position? What would have been the better move? Like, do Getting you the think- receiver for him and then talking later about maybe going and getting a quarterback. I, I don't think Rodgers was ready to be written off yet. I mean, no, he but, is but their I don't franchise mean- quarterback. I mean, going to a different position, that's what everybody was hoping for, to draft maybe a guy alignment to protect him because that year before they drafted this other, this other quarterback, mm-hmm. he was getting just slaughtered. He yeah. was getting sacked more than ever before. There was no offensive line to protect him. So everybody thought, well, they're going to draft a lineman to protect his right or le- left side or whatever to keep him protected because he's the elite quarterback. Instead, their number one pick, they went with a quarterback. Which How was good the slap is that the quarterback face. they went with? Because my Dude, he's thing on is, the bench right now. He's riding the pine. He's not even And he's, he's not even ready to start. He's not even ready to start. So he's been there now going two years this this season. He's sitting there. In the meantime, Rodgers went out and had his great year in 2020. And uh, you know, they should have went with something better. Basically, it was letting him know they're already thinking of the future. Yeah, yeah. What I hear the is they're he's not up here. Yeah, they're know? not like um they're not Super Bowl worthy yet if they don't have these other pieces. Well, they were close and... a couple times. Yes, I mean, absolutely. They, they're, yeah. they're always in contention. That's the thing about the Green Bay Packers. They're a uh-huh. very, very good football team. So I guess they'd be like right there if they had another oh, yeah. piece and they yeah. went with somebody that's right under a guy they already have who's getting them there by himself. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And was... Along with that other stuff you said too, it just sounds like maybe they're, is there something going on? Like, there's just not, they're not seeing eye to eye on other I, I think things and are trying most to. Most good relationships fall apart because of bad communications. Yeah, Would you guys agree? I agree. Yeah. You're I right agree. on point, Philly. No matter whether it's work, sports, relationships, that's where the, the foundation is built. You yeah. have to be able to talk about your issues, talk about your likes, what you like, what you don't like. And I think everything kind of builds off that. So I agree. Yeah. I, if yeah, there, if right. there was a transparency there, I, I don't think it's an issue. Right. There wasn't, though. And I think that was the problem. There was no transparency in that. And I think that's part of why he's, it wasn't just about an extension in his contract. There was some other things that happened in there. So yeah, that is a big deal. When you think about how big of a football fan most of us are, Mm. that's a, that's a big storyline right now. Yeah. And if you're ranking guys, it's Rodgers is probably right underneath Brady. And he's only got the one Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know, you've seen a little bit last year in the playoff game, when you seen Rodgers, he was going to go for it on the fourth down and, and the coach, said something and you could clearly see Rodgers going like what the f under his breath like you don't trust in me i think right. they decided to yeah. go for a field goal right yes yes yeah. the field goal that part right yeah. there that pissed Rodgers off yep yeah like okay now there's no trust in me now i didn't just come here and start last year you're right okay i see where this is going well that's another key factor that breaks up relationships too is no trust right cuz brady showed that yeah. in the super bowl yeah. when he pushed the guys back said no no we're going for it 
Yeah. And they scored that touchdown. Well, he overkeyed yeah. the coach. And I don't watch football, but all I and kept hearing was that the Bucks they that they actually trusted Prady. Like they Absolutely. let him take the wheel. So he's got the keys to the castle. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that shows a lot already. Even yes. just from me hearing it as an outsider, the difference. Yeah. It almost kind of you think about like what we had for like Matt Stafford here in Detroit. Like mm. we had a golden arm. We had, you know, a great quarterback, a guy that gave a lot. Good quarterback, not nearly as good as Aaron Rodgers for sure, but mm. You know, sometimes the chemistry is it's time for a change. And I think maybe being as that Aaron Rodgers is at the kind of twilight of his career, if you want to call it that, he's probably looking at something maybe for his next two or three seasons to go where he wants, sort of like a Tom Brady's kind of picking his shot now. He's like, you know, man, this has worked out for a while. He got I one Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, I'm up here bailing the fucking right. cold, the tundra. Right. He's like, man, I'd like to go to like Frisco and hang yeah, out at the beach. Yeah. You know? We don't win anymore. <laughs> But I believe, not winning. I believe he had the team with the right pieces to win a Super Bowl there. I believe there's a lot of tension between that head coach and, and Rodgers. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Being that young like. and not understanding yeah. your quarterback is. Dude, the coach is younger than the quarterback. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, yeah. and, you know, there's always that thing like my boss is a kid. Sit down. You know, like, man, don't tell me what to do. I was yeah. doing this before you were born type thing. You know, there's, right. that's a struggle with a lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's the main thing, but uh, I think. Do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to leave the Green Bay Packers, Philly? For me personally, I don't see, I don't foresee that. I feel like they're going to work it out one way or another, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the meantime. Um, I could see him going somewhere else. It's it's like 50-50. I see him gone. You, you do have that longevity there, but at the same time, there's a lot of trust that's been broken. The trust has been broken. That rapport that you've built up all over those years, it's kind of like, damn, dude. It's one thing after another, so... I wouldn't be surprised either way. Honestly. Is, he, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. First ballot? Oh, absolutely. Yes, no doubt. Why would you say he's a Hall of Famer first ballot? He's great. Yeah. He's just great. You got you got the stats to back it up, and he's also got the Super Bowl ring. Absolutely. And he's, he makes other people better. And better. I think football people that elect players, I think they'll they'll understand that. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, he's a true leader. I agree with you. And so, he's a true leader. Great talk there by Aaron Rodgers, and I'm glad we could relate it so James could be in that conversation. I was actually surprised. <laughs> I made James, it. I made yeah. it. You made it all the way through, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> James, so be. James has a swag, though, man. He can fall right into any conversation. He's the man. James, you got to love this cat. Oh, I mean, he's right on point no matter what. He's so, from the Bronx. That's a new for the Bronx. coming out. Represent the Bronx. Yeah, man. We love James. They know what the Graham fuck has to be. Are, are you ready for the Did You Know? Did you know? Oh, the did you know segment. Let's Absolutely. Here Let's we go, do it. guys. You ready Dude, for I'm this? excited. I'm fucking excited right, right now. Man. So this is a rather lengthy list, but I kept it to five, but there's some facts behind it. So, um, all right, here we go, guys. So did you know uh, the fuller your refrigerator is, the more energy efficient it is? And do you know why? Because... I feel like uh, everything that's cold in the fridge kind of releases cold and they keep each other cold. Or like, is that the, what the fuck am I talking no, about? I what mean, is he talking about? What the what? fuck did I just say? No, I'm saying the cold bounces off of the items in there. That's so right. it, thank you. You're absolutely right. Because an fuck. empty, an, okay, so here, here's the theory behind the fuller refrigerator is the more energy efficient it is. An empty fridge not only makes it more difficult to decide what to snack on, <laughs> it also wastes valuable energy. It works like this. The more empty space in a, in a fridge, the more cold air is displaced by warm when you open the door, mm. requiring the appliance to generate cool air to replace it. So if your fridge is packed, less cool air escapes, 
and less energy is required to replenish it. That's it's kind of an insulate or insulating yes. your, you know, you think the more stuff that's in there, things are cold. It's insulating. Yes. So does that make sense? It's yes, retaining absolutely. that coldness. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's I like just that. not I like enough it. room. That's crazy. Okay. So There's not enough um, money to keep it packed though at right. home. You know what I mean? I got two items in my shit. Did you know sumo wrestlers make babies cry for good luck? Wait, what? Yeah. So while most, while most parents do what they can do to prevent or stop babies from crying, that's not always the case in Japan. Oh, my God. That's because it's a 400-year-old Japanese tradition that if a sumo wrestler can make your baby cry, it means he or she will live a healthy life. What do they do, sit on them? No. During, during a special ceremony, parents hand over their infants to sumo wrestlers. Oh, my God. Right? Who bounce their precious tots up and down and sometimes even roar in their little faces to get their tears flowing. Wow. How fucked up is that for the kids? They, He's not a baby that cries much, but today he cried a lot for us and we're happy, says Mother Mei Shing, said back in 2019. So what they do is they... It's a. It's almost like a, a tradition. Mm -hmm. If a sumo wrestler can make the Japanese baby cry, it brings good luck. Wow. It's a belief that they've had. Mei Xing, I'm hung. It's a 400 year old <laughs> Japanese tradition. Is that fucking whack fucking or what, dude? Fucking hung. Yeah. Wow. No, right. That's crazy. That's weird though. But All right. yeah. Okay. So that's another. Did you know? And here's another one. Grooves in the road on Route 66. You know the famous Route 66. Yep. There's songs about it. Yeah. Didn't Bob Dylan do one? I think it, I had absolutely. a pair of those jeans. Yes. So the grooves in the road on Route 66 play America the Beautiful. You know those things like when you get off the side of the road? The ridges, going, right? Yeah. Yep. You're going off the road. Well, when you follow this certain section in New Mexico, they decided to spice up to a, uh, to desolate a quarter-mile stretch of Route 66 in Albuquerque to Tajiris, New Mexico. There's like a certain stretch of road. The grooves are added to the road to play the music when you drive over them. At 45 miles, it's got to be 45 miles an hour, and the grooves will work just like rumble strips, which vibrate your car. If you drift off your lane, these particular strips are positioned to create a different pitches, you know, because they got pitches, right? When you drive over them, it'll play the song America the Beautiful, and it vibrates the song in your car. That's fucking wow. Is that crazy? Wow. So, that's I mean, wild. Yeah, you that's know, crazy. It's, like, it's kind of like, you know, just when you drive over these rumble strips that plays a song. Does that fuck your tire up, though? I don't know, dude, but that is whack. I mean, think about who invented that. That would be kind of cool, right? Because it's such a famous stretch of Who road. actually took the thought just to sit there and think of that? And how did they do it? Like, they had to, did they have mm. to check it to see if it worked? Like I have, some engineer probably had to come up with something really whack to come up with something right. like that, to put rumble strips in, to play a song as you drive, and it has to be at a 45-mile-an-hour drive. Yeah, That's so this crazy. is in New Mexico. So there's a certain stretch of road. You can look it up. It's online. It's, this is real fact. Wow. Um, so here's the next one. Did you know uh, fat men last longer? <laughs> I know. So I guess I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm a two-minute man over right. here, I well, guess. James, I, don't... I don't know. We're going to find out. Fat guys last an average over three minutes as long. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Fat guys last on average over three <laughs> times as long in the bedroom. Okay, a Turkish study looked into the average performance times of men over the course of a year. The researchers found that a fat guy could keep going for an average of seven minutes and 18 seconds, while the skinny guy's partners had to put up with a mere 108 seconds. So the bigger the man, the longer the love. <laughs> How about that? All right, man. How about that long, Hollywood? Can you believe that? <laughs> Sal, you a love machine, dog. <laughs> What you gonna do, thank man? You, thank you. 
<laughs> I gotta right. get my fucking weight so, up. Yeah, so the fat dudes can last longer. That's, that's what's up. That's well, I, I'm like the weakest link now. That, right? So you're, you're a 108 second man. Dude, I'm probably less than that. No, really? but listen, I only weigh listen, 108 hey, pounds. We're all grown, man. I, I noticed, though, when I was heavier, mm-hmm. I couldn't stay hard as long. When I lost weight, I was better. That's really? what I'm saying. That, and that's just being a man. We're, we're men. Right, I know there's I mean, people that listen, but that's just facts. Yeah, that's my mom's listening to this right now. That's lit, though. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, mom. mom. I'm no, sorry. Look, I'm, my, I'm getting old. I get satisfied squeezing into a parking place. <laughs> oh, that's geez. just me. I know what you mean, though, Philly, because, like, uh, mom, close your ears. You know how, like, when you squeeze your ass cheeks, you can just push that motherfucker out all the way? <laughs> that right, that right, right. So, you know what I'm saying? When you're skinny, you just fucking flex. That right. Push cheeks. that pelvis out, and you yeah. get all the length that you have. You know what I mean? It's like you got a dick inside a dick, and it's pushed. It's trying to get out the head. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That's why you oh, manscape. Man. You get an extra couple inches. <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, here's the next. uh, Did you know wasp attack when they're drunk? You know these wasps you see in the summertime? Oh, it's not the bee. It's the wasp you look for, those big wasps. Yeah. If you notice that wasps seem to become more aggressive in the late summer, it's not just because you're outside more often. They're trying to soak up the sun before fall. Worker wasps have a single job to supply the queen with their nectar. Right? So the queen bee with the nectar. And so when uh, they're stored up, when they store up all this nectar, they have nothing to do because they can't get to the queen bee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they do not. So what they do is they get a buzz. They get a buzz from all the fermented fruit that they've taken in the nectar. Oh wow! So when they uh, fall off the trees and they're sudden, they're drunk basically with nectar. So that they just go after anything. They attack something much bigger than they are. What a bunch so, of assholes. So you ever notice, like, a, like, you'll see a wasp coming at you, like they're flying at yeah. you. Yeah, Somebody's you're like, I didn't like, do what? shit. You what didn't the do f- anything. I didn't aggravate this thing. So that's because they stored up so much nectar that you're trying to give to the queen. So that if you ever notice that, that's kind of why wasps, they can, the more that they take into this, uh, whatever, this nectar, they start stinging people. So that's, that's a true fact. Do you guys so, get freaked out about bees and wasps and shit? Like, who, who in here is freaked out about you know, that I shit? No, I used to until I understood, like, how important bees are to, like, the environment. Oh, the environment. Yeah. Philly, yeah. right. Then, Absolutely. like, I, I kind of chill because they're not looking to try to sting you. Right. You know what I mean, necessarily. So you don't get, like, nervous and shit. Not anymore, no. I used to. I've been stung by wasps and bees, but... Now I don't, I don't get as worried about it. Anymore. See, I've never been stung by a wasp, so I'm worried that I'm allergic. Mm-hmm. But like the other day, I was driving the truck. All of a sudden, I felt like a, a like a sting, like a really sharp sting on my cheek. Mm-hmm. I got hit in the face with something like, oh, like it hit me really hard. I looked down at my lap, a big ass bee, like that big. Wow. On my lap, so it hit me right yeah. in the cheek and got knocked out. I was like, "Oh shit!" And I started <laughs> swerving. I was going like forty-five. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Because I, I thought I was gonna get up and be pissed at me because it ran into me. That's so, how I feel like bees are. I don't know if it's true or not, Grandmaster. You might know about this, but when you get stung by a bee, it's a bad omen. I guess though, so. is it? Oh, fuck. That's what I don't, I've heard. I don't know if that's. I don't want to curse not. myself. I heard but once I, they sting, that's it. They're done. Yeah, they die. Oh, yeah, okay. they do die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear that. Stinger yeah. comes out. Yeah. Yep. Um, so in, just because it's a short list, and these are the five craziest names I found, um, kind of strange. Um, hey, would you blow me? This is a top five. <laughs> Dick Fitzwell, Craven Moorhead, Sogami Diak, and uh, Honored the Ballsack. These are the five top. Sing me a dick. Names. Did you this say Sogami Dick? That's my cousin, M E D E I C K. Could you imagine being at like a bowling alley going, 
Dick Fitzwell, come to the front counter. Dick Fitzwell, come to the front counter, please. Dude, would you have? Would, would you change your up? name to Richard or no? I mean, I don't know. It's like because it'd be uh, kind of funny though. Like, like yeah, I'm, I'm Dick Fitzwell. Like, I always wanted to call it like, a donut shop or something. <laughs> Fucking hey, no. Can you uh, can you page my buddy who's there? I mean, I got to get him on the phone. What's his name? Hey, would you blow me? Do you <laughs> think the person would take you very seriously? No, hell no. But that that's. Dude, I wish I had one of those names. I'd go right up to Starbucks. Yeah. And they'd be the like, what's your name? More, more selling. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. some and crazy shit they take that one more there. serious. Right. Yeah. You know the other one? What's the craziest name that you guys heard in person, though? Someone that you actually know? <sighs> Man. Because I got one right now. Do you really? That. Yeah. This guy that Let's I used it, to work dude, with. I, I got to I'm going to bleep it out after this. Okay. I'm gonna, so this just will so be that edit he doesn't, material? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just going to bleep it out, but I'm going to say it. Richard... But his name, I mean, if you if he used Dick, it'd be Dick. Wow. Yeah, straight up. I knew a guy in yeah, softball, his name was Dick Balls. Are you really? serious? Come Dick on. Balls, yeah. You better go by oh, Richard, God. dude. If your name's yeah. Dick Balls, you, you, you got to be some Dick kind Balls. of. That's crazy. Fuck. Yep. That is totally nuts. So, hey, going back to last week, because I remember I, I wasn't quite Mr. On... Fitzwell, uh, Dick. I... <laughs> So last week we had kind of a crazy end segment to episode six. So uh, we were really having a blast because I think we were all a little slap happy. My candle that I was trying to get out was called the Here Japanese Cherry oh, Blossom. You want candle? Candle. <laughs> Japanese Cherry Blossom is my favorite candle. And uh, my wife reminded me because she actually listened to the podcast. She goes, you guys ain't right. And I'm like, we already knew that. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. candle. I got it, that at home. Dude, I love it. Absolutely. Right. So that's my favorite candle. I actually <laughs> sent this to uh, James and Philly. Because that's my favorite candle, and right. uh, we had a great time about that. And uh, it actually came from, uh, uh, what's the, it's not Bed Bath and Beyond. There's another Bath and Body Works. Bath, damn, or they got white, some, they got white some good shit. You could call White Bath barn, and Body Works. Yeah. That's, that's the best the spot, place, dude. Man. And you can, you know, I mean, the dude. ones that are married, but you can find some nice chicks there too. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that, but I mean, my wife takes me into this place, and I'm like, I don't want to go there. It's kind of a grilly thing, and all of a sudden, I'm we were talking about sniffing candles, and of course. James and Philly took it to a whole different level. I just heard that, that Japanese was my favorite chick. Candle. I was just, well, well, when I go there, you know, listen. Oh, James likes to sniff feet, so <laughs> really, James, just fifty feet. Smell like Doritos, baby. I walk in when I walk in there. I, I can I help you? I tell the girl grab a bag and put in what you like. Right, you're the woman. Do you do well, that? I, yeah, Dude, a, that's a great that's pickup line, man. Hey, this guy's pickled right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, guys, that's actually good for <laughs> colognes too. I do the same thing with colognes. Like I'll I mean, be like, yo, I, I need a new cologne. What's good? Yeah, yeah. no, hey, you listen, like walking into those stores, like it's like a um, how like many? A, a, <laughs> It's like a bliss of smell, man. It's crazy. It's, it's great though. It man. smells great. Yeah. I'm yeah. a huge fan of that place. But um, and no, yo, candles are dope, to that though. point though. Hey. You know, we're going to make fun of everybody. There's no discrimination. Absolutely. We're going to make fun of this each is, other. It's all in good fun. It's all in for a good fun, man. Yeah. It's, that's what we're going to do. Nobody's off the table. That's right. Including okay. us, right? Because oh, we, we tend to make absolutely. fun of we tend to make fun of each other constantly. And if uh, it's all about having a good time. We're yes. here to lighten up the mood, have fun with people. Everybody needs to understand that uh, it's not about one race or anything like that. But we're just going to have fun with everything. But uh what about some Hollywood news this week? There was some big stuff. And I don't know, Hollywood, you, did you know that Bill Gates has no prenuptial agreement? I heard know about him, that. him and his wife, uh, Melinda. Oh, she it, looks happy in her son, bitch. Well, man, she's got, some, she's got some major freaking money coming her way, oh, man. Oh, she likes um, that. I mean, this is, uh, this is big news here, man. Big news, not fake news. Big yeah, news. I mean, it's, it's 130 big. billion. Wow. Could you imagine splitting that pot? I mean, oh. that's, why, that's just, but why do you, why do they get to do that? 
Do you think that's right? Like, should we have to, dude, if, if fucking somebody gets with me and I already made shit, like, of myself before they get with me, why do they get to take half of what I have? You're right. It doesn't maybe, make any sense. Maybe he was a smart enough man to say, you know what, I'm coming into the game with, you know, my, inve- I mean, Microsoft, right, Hollywood? This is what the guy, he was known for Microsoft. Yeah. He's yeah. A, I mean, $130 billion in it's a lot of money. You don't sign no prenup, and that's yeah. kind of like no. Her... I get that part, but she wasn't shooting with him in the gym, right? So right. what the fuck, dude? Right, like, man. why does she get to take half of what he made? Did right. she make Microsoft? No, hell no. Did not. she fucking make him Microsoft? <laughs> no, sir. She probably made him micro hard. Right. So she right. shouldn't have you to take half Bill of that Gates shit. Like, Maybe not. Know, that's man. why they're getting divorced. Right. Are they getting divorced now? And they're yeah. still going to be real good friends. Yeah, and they're still going to be good friends. But wow. There's some yeah, shit Yeah, because he there, don't want like, her to take half. He's like, oh, we can be friends. We can hang out and you yeah, can get honey, a little whatever uh, you want. Let's, let's work this out outside of court, please. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. nuts, man. To think about that kind of situation when you've got that much money. That's a lot of money, though. Um, I don't need, I don't like fucking need J-Lo that much money, and A-Rod, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like. She, she's, I mean, she's with Ben again. I heard about this, man. Her and Ben again. What's up with J-Lo? Yeah. I mean, she just goes from dude to dude. She loves it, dude. I mean, like, she was with Ben after. Jenny from the block. Right, J Lo is still bad though. J Lo, fifty years fire. old, dude. Man, like, she, is she, she is bad, but she's been around the corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been. You think she? The... You think she does Kegels? <sighs> I don't know, but if she has met, if she had as many sticking out of her, she had in her, she looked like a porcupine. Oh my god! <laughs> I couldn't take J Lo home. As much you as know? I love J Lo, she's fine. I got. I couldn't take her home, man. Oh, There's too many. No, but you, but you could take her to a hotel though. Oh, a hotel all night long, Hollywood. Who? There you go. You Space love, Mountain. You love J Lo, man. J Lo. Pitbull 305. Dolly. You gotta love J Lo. Right, I got a couple things I want to ask you guys. All right. So this is called This or That. Let's okay. do this. I, I'm gonna go. This. Let's go around the table, left to right. right. I want to yeah. get you guys' calls on these, okay? I got five of them because the show is called Fives of the Week. Coke or Pepsi? Mm. Grandmaster B. I'm a Coke guy. I love Coca-Cola Classic. I'm a big fan. Now I do the Coke Zero, mm. but um, grew up with Pepsi, believe it or not. That's all my parents ever bought was Pepsi in the half-liter glass bottles. Wear it up. And yeah, nice. I, you know, I got acquired taste for Pepsi. Then I kind of switched to the Mountain Dew, but I've always loved the taste of Coca-Cola, especially the Mexican Coke. You know, the stuff with the real sugar in it? Yes. The glass ones you go yes. buy right now at the store for like $2 a bottle. Yep. Dude, ice cold, that is the shit. It's funny you bring that up because when I was a kid, I used to go to Nana and Papa's house. Yeah, man. And they would take me to the store and I would always get the glass Mexican mm. Coke every single so time. So good, man. Yeah, that shit's Something good. Something about it, man. I'm a Coke guy, too. Are you really? Hands, hands down, dude. Yeah. I, I, look, I'll mess with Pepsi, like if that's all you got, but Coke is the original <laughs> shit. It used to have real cocaine in it. Yeah, I wish man. it still did. Cocaine? Cocaine? It, it, yeah, dude. Coke is the shit. I love it. Hollywood? Uh, You know what? Uh, I grew up like, you know, Master B over here. Town Club? Uh, Pepsi. <laughs> Sam up. Uh, Coke's got a lot of that ass. In it. Don't get me wrong. I do like Coke. But I would have to take Pepsi over Coke. Wow. Come on, okay. Why? Why? Okay. I, mean, I, just, I, I respect I, it. I like. I just you know uh, that Pepsi, it's not as harsh. Mm. It, you're you, right. You're you right. Swallow that Coke. I think it's because Pepsi's sweeter though. Coke is, has a little bit yeah. more carbonation. I feel yeah. like yeah, yes, more acid. And the best is McDonald's Coca Cola. Yes. You know they up oh, the carbonation, bros. Absolutely. You go to Mickey <laughs> yes. D's and you get that dollar Coke, and you're like, go me, get me some light ice. But they over, they actually have 
with a coke right bro there's like extra carbonation that that gives you that nice burn the listeners don't even have to see you and they know you last a long time in bed the way you're talking about this fucking sugar and because i'm a fat mother yeah i tell you what don't don't have a sore throat and drink coke no no. you're done right but listen after a hangover after a night of drinking the first thing i go to is mickey d's i get a a sausage and egg mcmuffin and a large coke with a coke and it tastes the best dude yeah yeah. dude there's something about it i I gotta get a mountain dew i gotta get a mountain dew i hate mountain dew man i know i I was never that guy i was never that guy too much yeah it's too much for me okay next one this is a big debate wait wait wait, mike wait philly before we before we skip off the soda we are the mic the mic but Philly, we talked about the cola, but let's go around the room just one time. Word up. Outside of a cola, what's your next favorite flavored beverage? It's got to be carbonated. Got to be carbonated. I'll lead it off. Oh, okay. I, got, I got you. Yep. You go know ahead. what I'm saying? Go ahead. Thank you. I take an orange crush. Oh, come that on shit's now. Slamming. I know. Damn. Orange crush. I know. All right. So I'm going. The best. I'm going fucking A and W root beer, straight oh, up, that's a good with one. the vanilla in it. You're going, oh, you're going, you're going the with vanilla. With the A and W has Sweet. the vanilla in it. That's, I'm down with that's that. Dope. What you got? What you got, Hollywood? I'm gonna take that Hitos strawberry. See, Hitos. Yeah, that's yes. badass right there. Where's that from? Southwest, downtown. Mexico. <laughs> Very nice. Cha-ching. There's the yeah, money, that's baby. Good. That's good. All right. Philly? Hey, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but Dr. Pepper, man. Oh, yep. man. He yep. loves his Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper. That's that shit. No, that's badass, man. But All right, yeah. let's go. Let's go. All right, here's All the right. next one. Flats or drums? Wings. Flats or drums? <clears throat> define define that in a sentence, sir. What do you mean flats? Like flats what? are, the, the drums are like the Oh, you the mean drum the drums versus the? Versus the flats, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, so wings are uh, drums. Okay, yep. gotcha. I'm a drum guy. More meat. Okay. Yep. Same. More meat. Same. Man. That fucking flat shit. I don't know what's going on. I'm biting into a fucking wing right. or some cartilage. Yeah. I'm right. like, well, it's got on? some feathers drum. on it. Yeah. I'm gonna say drum. Yep. Drum. You know, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you guys because I feel like, like when you go to like B Dubs or something like that. And I'm not trying to hate on B Dubs, but I've had a lot of other wing joints that are better now. Mm-hmm. And wing snob. Yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> All right, we got to start getting that sponsor. I'm actually working on a sponsor right now, James. Right. We'll talk about that later. All right. But, uh, Word up! Yeah, Wing Snob is. Uh, I've become start showing us some love, man. I've become more of a flat guy. So, all right, not flat. You guys, boobs or butt on your women? I don't know if my kids are going to be listening to this. Do I need to answer this? Come on, man. Um. Well, I'll go. I'll let you guys go first, and then I'll just kind of <laughs> go with the flow. Can I? Can I speak? Sal, for- what you got? <laughs> I like titties. <laughs> man, love them love balloons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one for boobs. <laughs> oh, I'm going ass. <laughs> ass, dude. The American yeah, but, uh, dream. I like the butt. That, that's what it is. Dude, titties can be any size and they're dope. Be what but, you got, dog. got to be nice. Your butt? We're going to take our country back and make it great again. <laughs> that's to making it great again. So, <laughs> Philly, what are you going with? I got butt. You got a butt? I got I like Dude, there's butt. two butts. There's one titty. What's going on? Are you going to even it out or what? Master B always what? always been a boob guy. Oh my god! Oh, is, is, is that something? I knew he was. I love it. Is that something fuck? with the old school? I don't know, man. What the fuck is oh, that? Them chachas, dude. I love them, but they could be small too. I'll still yeah. suck on them little nips and yeah. baby oh, toes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, shit, this is put the kids to bed. James has been with so many flat-chested women. He grabbed his own. Feel like you want to get off my nipple? Get off my nipple, Phil. Oh my God, dude! I'm not. We need to like. No, right, so my mom can't up, listen to this. So, Mateo, 
You got to break the tie. We got a two on two here. All right, yeah. He's a butt guy. Let's All go. Right. Okay, Let's he go. likes to butt. Thank Let's you. Let's go. There you go. Mateo likes to butt. All right, so uh, three two butt. Gotcha. <laughs> I knew he was gonna pick butt too. Yeah, I think it's a you? generational thing. So you're a butt guy. Butt guy. Hey, bigger, bigger the booby, bigger the areola, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what? Big old salami nips. <laughs> Village feeders. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to be interesting. Oh, yes. All right, what's the next okay, one? Okay, next. Do you prefer calling or texting? This is like a big thing now because I know there's a lot of people that prefer texting. Absolutely. You know, that's that's a great one. With some people. That's so. a great one. Um, I'll leave this off because I, I tend to over-talk when I call people. I just kind of talk too much, obviously. I'm on this podcast. I'm, no, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. You don't say. <laughs> um, I think texting could just be really quick and to the point, but a text could come across sometimes – in a different manner than what you intended it for. 100%. And I think, you know, you know, uh, Philly and I text each other often and sometimes we say things, but I don't know how to translate what, you know, is it meaning like, are we joking? Are we serious? Because we bounce yeah. back and forth. Text is very informal. Mm -hmm. I still, I'm still kind of old school. I like to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Right. Yes, you I know, agree. I, I'm an old school that way because I think if like, if I call Hollywood up and said, we want to talk about, you know, something else, we're just talking about things in general. I'm I'm relating to him. We're hearing each other's, you know, voices and we're mm -hmm. getting that emotional part of it. Texas is kind of, you know, if I'm on my way here like we were tonight, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 20 mm -hmm. minutes. That's that's a great text. Yes. Conversations need to take place on a phone or in person. 100%. This I agree. fucking long-winded, like my kids do this, they literally send me freaking, you know, encyclopedias worth of words. I'm like, I ain't reading this shit. You know, I just can't. It's just like, call me up, pick up the phone. Yep, I agree. Yeah, Jay? I'm the same exact way. And I, the worst way? thing I hate is getting into argument and text. Oh, if yes. I'm in a, especially if I'm so in the car. Yeah, yeah, you're in the car or something. Especially you're not supposed with, to be doing it. No, dude. Not hating on the ladies, but when you're arguing with your female or a female, it seems it seems to get way out of control sometimes. Oh yeah, misunderstanding and everything else gets twisted. Philly. Around. I agree. Hundred percent agree with you. That's just the fact. My yeah. thumbs can't go that fast enough. Like word. halfway in the argument, I'm like, right. you know what? I'm fucking calling her because yeah. it's some bullshit. Yep. And dude, here's the kicker: when they don't pick up the fucking phone. Oh my god, like, they'll text I'm you a novel you. and then you call them. But you don't want to talk. Yeah, you, you call. Sorry, them ladies. Fucking... Right. Yeah. I mean, straight hey, up, true, dude. Though. That's hey. a great yes. one, Philly. I love great. it. Man. We just lost twenty five percent of our listeners. They're like, I ain't listening to these guys. You're half our audience, but hey, you can learn something tonight too from the fellas. Number love, baby. We want to hear that voice. So we all agree. Yeah, we, we all agree on that. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. Pick up the phone. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. let's talk. And I think right, you know, for serious stuff at least. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. In, in this day and age, that's kind of gotten lost in society. Period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. because people have gotten so used to being digital that it's almost awkward for some people to actually have those face-to-face one-on-one conversations. Don't I you like feel that way? I, I kind of feel awkward now when I'm talking on the phone and I'm not FaceTiming somebody. Mm. That's really weird for me. I, lately, I've been FaceTiming so much since the pandemic, and yeah. it feels like I'm in person. Well, see, I'd rather do that. You two would FaceTime me. We did, like, house party one time. Yeah. I hate FaceTime. Mm. But I'd like to be in the physical form. Yeah. I'd rather... See this, you, like look you man to man, right and talk, let's talk about yeah. it. You this is I mean? all good, I man. This is four dudes sitting around some mics, and we're talking, but it's like it seems so much better than, imagine if we were texting all half this stuff. Oh, it's just, it'd be like, crazy. Are you a oh, boob yeah. guy or a butt guy? It's like, man, it takes Then you're waiting on him. You're like, you know, oh, he could be a dick guy. He's right. like, hold on. Let, let me pull up. Like let me pull up fucking Pornhub, and here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So so you ever, wait, wait, wait. Real quick, though. You ever text somebody? 
on accident, like you talking shit about somebody and you text that person. Yeah, dude. Dude, I did that shit to my dad one time. <laughs> oh, he's like, my my he was he was acting like yeah. an asshole. And then I texted my I thought I texted my girl and I was like, my dad's being a dick, and I fucking texted my dad. Right. And then he called you. He's like, motherfucker, what are you talking nah, about? Nah, he didn't no. actually. He apologized, but I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, I'm I like, think we all we copied and pasted something to the all, wrong all I'm gonna say is when um when chain texting first came out, I sent the wrong picture. To three different people, and it was only supposed to go to one. That's all I'm gonna say. Can, can oh, I boy. can I tell you guys a quick story? Can I tell you wow. guys a quick story? You guys will appreciate this. Yes. It's about Josh. So Josh is our yep. friend God who passed rest away. Soul. Rest, yeah, rest his soul, Josh. That's my guy. So this guy tells me he's talking to his chick and he's talking to his boss. His chick and him plan on doing a porno together. Ooh, so he wow. goes, he's he's texting his boss, and he goes, "How about that porno we're doing?" What? So his boss goes, his boss goes, I think you texted the wrong person. Oh he looks god. at it and he's like, oh fuck, I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> my god, dude, are you kidding me? Dude, he's hilarious. <laughs> so Only him, bro. He Only lived him. it, he lived it to the fullest. He man. did, he did. It's hilarious. What was it, what did his boss say? I nah, he... will be <laughs> the best porn guy ever. That's... Well, I didn't know you felt that way about no, me, Josh. I no. want what do you want? I will be. <laughs> All right, last one. Are you an Apple or Droid guy as far as technology? Apple. Apple. I went to Apple. You you changed over, right? Yes, you were I did. a Droid Apps, guy. Yeah, I was. I was always Apple guy, too, just because for the simple fact. Mateo, you? Apple? All right. So we're all in unison on that one. Yep. Yeah. It's user-friendly. It's easy. Like, life is hard. I don't want this shit to be complicated. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, yes. That's just how I feel about it. Straight I need to get point. me one of those. I Here, I'm working off of a... You know, yeah. what the got, fuck is that? Yeah, it's like this a is fucking, an antique, man. God I mean, I'm looking, working. Is that a typewriter? A, yeah, I mean, look at that thing. That thing is sleek. What does that thing weigh? Like a pound? Yeah, probably two pounds. That thing is badass, man. I need yeah. to get me a MacBook. You got to get a MacBook for sure. For sure. But you know what sucks though? They're getting us all in the same boat, and then they're gonna sink the ship eventually. That's why I feel so? like, yeah, because they, you know, they start doing away with things here and there. They get rid of the fucking plug, and then you got to buy the thing. You got to get yeah, the adapter. Yeah. Accessories are. That's the only thing. Man. They just want more and more money. I love mm. Apple though, but they're such a business that they're just you know they 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 got us wrapped around their finger well it's like you said you have to almost buy external hard drives just to keep up with like what we're doing for instance i bought a low-end one you know it's it's pretty expensive for the average person like what is one like this run right here five thousand dollars you get fifteen hundred bucks yeah it's that's fifteen hundred dollars that's that's the lowest storage available i was gonna say yeah it's like three megabytes or three gigabytes and it's like fifteen hundred dollars it's so user-friendly and it's so Mm -hmm. essential to what i need it for yeah you know same for business coaching whatever it may be you know it's you need it nowadays so yeah yeah but I am definitely more of an Apple guy. To your point, Philly, it's it's user friendly. I like it. Um, and once I think you start on that platform, you're kind of loyal to it. Yeah. I mean, I had a chance to upgrade to a phone, and of course, the guy I was talking to at the Verizon store is like, "Well, you know, it's Microsoft phone. It's just like your computer." Because I told him what kind of computer I had. Yeah. Because everything flows right in place. But then everything I'm thinking, I really like the from an accessibility standpoint, user friendly. It's Apple. Yeah. It's easy. They made it so easy. No, 100%. And, and it's the way to go for me. And damn, they're expensive, though. Yeah, they, they, they are expensive. They the market, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, that's a, those are all good ones. Philly, I like it. 
All right, y'all. This podcast is brought to you in part by TGI, Tatham Graphic Innovations. I work hand-in-hand with this family-owned business servicing the greater Metro Detroit area and beyond. They specialize in sports team banners, graduation signs, real estate signs, and business-to-business directional signs. We will have sample work posted to our social media sites for reference. We've had nothing but positive feedback from local businesses, schools, youth, and high school sports programs, offering competitive prices with top-of-the-line quality is guaranteed. Custom banners at work, please reach out for a quote. You can get a quote started through our podcast email at fives of the week podcast at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram at fives of the week podcast or message us on Facebook at fives of the week. If you don't like me, which you should if you're still listening this far, I can get you in touch with one of the owners. Again, that's Tatham Graphic Innovations. We look forward to bringing your ideas to life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a special guest in the building. I've been, I've been messing with him by being an intern tonight. He's been serving me beers all night long. I appreciate that. It's my cousin, Mateo Rubio. He's fought in the Golden Gloves up in Grand Rapids. We went and seen him a bunch of times. Hollywood is actually his trainer. So a lot of good stuff going on. So, Mateo, I'm going to give you a little mic time, and then we're going to ask you some questions. Grandmaster B and Judge James, feel free to ask away. I can't wait. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Uh, pretty much just to say, like, uh, if I have one thing to say to start off, be like with your backs against the rope and all odds stacked against you, one question I got is, what you go do, bud? <laughs> what you go do, <laughs> bud? Your brain's pickled. Your brain's not a little pickle. What you go do, bud? <laughs> Yo. I, say, I, I don't know what to do, but I'm stuck. <laughs> so, what's it? <laughs> <laughs> Mateo, how did you get started in boxing? I know your dad was obviously a Golden Glove champion, a fighter. Uncle Ricardo was the same way. How did you find your love for boxing? Uh, my love for boxing actually came a long time ago. Um, I didn't really go to the gym that much when I was younger as a kid. I know I went a few times down in Pontiac with my dad. But um, even like when I was taking an English class, say, in high school, and I remember writing on it when I really got into it in like four when I was 14 years old, I went to Magic Boxing over there on Grossbeck, and coach was Scheisser. Either way, me and my dad, we went there and we trained a lot. Met a lot of good dudes, a lot of guys that I've met even later on down the road. A lot of guys that have helped me train to a point where, you know, a lot of a lot of people may not have that experience. But meeting those people kind of have helped me become the person that I was or even the fighter that I was to an extent. Um, my love for boxing kind of just helped, like, I'm greedy. I'm greedy, and I'll be the first one to tell you that. When it comes to a team sport, I'm all for it. But when it comes down to it and, like, I hate losing, it's like I didn't do nothing wrong. And I'm depending on all my other teammates or everybody else to do something or to even step up, and they're not when I am. To Whereas boxing, it's like if I'm not performing at a level or if I'm not at this certain extent, it's on me. If I didn't train, you're gonna see it. If I didn't put that work in, you're gonna see it. And that and that hurts because the only person you can really put the blame on is not your coach. It's not anybody outside the ring, outside outside the gym, it's, it's yourself. And that's where I kind of felt like, okay, where the greediness comes in at is I gotta only blame myself. Did you, uh, was there ever a moment when you were in the ring when you were first starting out that kind of discouraged you in a way like maybe a tough opponent or something that made you feel like you didn't really want to do this and it question and it made you question like should I be in here it had to have been when I was when I just started when I was 14 there was a lot of things that I was just unacknowledgeable about 
and it's like the speed bag being in the ring and sparring when i when i first started the speed bag i couldn't do it i couldn't do it and i i kept on trying kept on trying kept on trying and then my coaches other you know fellow gym members they they told me just find a rhythm and when you find your rhythm you kind of you kind of get in your own zone and when you find your rhythm you just find it like within yourself and it's like it's like music playing in your in your own head and when you when you get that music playing it's like okay I'm going to this beat I'm going to this beat and one hand's following right after another and it, and it's just going and it's just going and you're in your own zone like you have nothing else to worry about besides that sound of that bag going back and forth and then uh even like when I was 14 and I sparred for my first time there was this really good guy his name was Ali and he and he sparred me he was 4 years older than me whatever we were just going easy and um he got me back down in the corner. Me just being unexperienced at the time, he backed me down, backed me down. Just hit me with select shots. I was blocking it, and then he stepped over, hit me with a hit me with a kidney shot. Mm. Stepped back three steps, like like it was nothing. He already knew what was coming. I went to go step forward, dropped right to a knee. Mm. My my kidney opened up like an open wound, and then just completely closed. I couldn't breathe. The, the coach at the time, he he, he was like, he was mad actually at the other guy just because like I was younger than him, but like at that point I was like, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm not gonna be able to take these shots. But like thinking of the experience level, it's just all behind the game. It's all behind the mentality and the heart that you have, and you just gotta keep pushing forward, keep going through that. That's what's up. So let me ask you this, okay? So you've been to the mountaintop, you put the training in. You've been with your dad training Golden Gloves twice, right? It didn't come out the way you anticipated. What motivates you to continue on? Do you have any aspirations to continue on? Um, how do you feel after going through that adversity? Because we talked about this on, on previous podcasts about how to deal with loss, right? That, that, that just goes with being a man. Yeah. You have to understand that because there's always going to be loss in life. And I know the work you put in. I know the determination you have because it's 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 inbred with the family. That's just what you do. You fight. There's a perseverance there. I just I'm curious as to where your motivation is now. Um, do you have any aspirations to continue on and, and where you're at mentally? Like how do you how do you bounce back from that? Pretty much to bounce back. Um, like where I was at at a certain point, I would say like twenty nineteen, even twenty eighteen at the time I was seventeen years old top of the world i felt like 17 years old in 11th 12th grade 11th going into 12th grade and fighting fighters when you're 17 years old in the in the amateur boxing world it's 17 to 30 so you're fighting an adult and the weight class that i fought at you're at 205 201 plus super heavyweight doesn't that does not matter who you're going against whatever weight they are whatever age and for some for some reason, I liked it. I li- I liked it. I could I could take a punch, and I felt like I can hit hard. And the point that I was at, like you said, where I was two times Golden Gloves, I made it against all odds. Every single time that I felt that I lost was due to my own self, whether it was just a lack of training or whether it was a lack of following my game plan, what my coach was saying, Hollywood. Either or there was no reason for me to lose because I didn't lose due to due to like a substantial loss of a knockout or or a drop or anything of that point. It was me losing by points, me losing <clears throat> by not following my game plan. 
Yeah, I was going to say, because both times were, were both really good fights, actually. So, Hollywood, let me get your take on that. As far as the training aspect, you know your son better than anybody. What What's your take on, you know, what, what could have been done better? Um, <clears throat> where was the, the mishaps? Where did he fall short? Because I felt like he was a, he was in the best shape of his life. And he was prepared because I watched fights leading up to that point, And he was ready to go. You know, and it doesn't matter, like, necessarily sometimes how you prepare. It's, you know, it's 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 the end days where, you know, where you show up and, and you fight. What's your, what's your take on that? Well, my take on that is uh, I look at it like this. You, when you kind of get, like, your head's kind of pickled as far as when you get into the fighting game, like, like when I fought. He likes to hit. You have to have an understanding you know, in this game here, I hit or you hit. And I'm going to hit. I'm going to go in and try to destroy you, okay? Mateo, the preparation was all there. Everything was there. Everything was correct. I believe when Mateo came out and he's seen how big that crowd was, he kind of got like stage fright a little bit where he was kind of like, and I could see it in his face. I got pictures of him. And, you know, we had the entourage. We always had a big entourage. It was a great thing in his favor. And I just think some kids, they get kind of like, oh, wow, this is business. You're, now you're on the stage of them all. You're the main eventer. To his defense, though, at 17 years old, that's a big spot to be oh, in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, he had a lot of support, but at the same time, the most pressure is on him yes. as an athlete. Yes. And when you're under those lights and you know, you're fighting the best you can, and it's almost like you're – you can see the fights maybe not going in your favor because he prepared. Like he, he was, oh yeah, his aura about him, everything was was good. Everything was good, even pre-fight, during the fight. Like I felt like it was, um, it was a great effort. You know what I mean? But sometimes it just it doesn't go your way, right? You know what I mean? So, Mateo, I guess you can talk to more. Is do do you have any aspirations to continue on? That's what I want to know. Do you, do you want to continue on? Do you want to try to go back for a third time? Um, where are you at mentally with that? I mean, do you feel like you have it in you to get in that kind of boxing shape? You know, ment- mentally with that, honestly, uh, it was actually last year, 2020, right before COVID hit, I trained straight from January 7th. January 7th to about March 10th. Every single day, seven days a week. Probably go about four hours a day. I was actually I had to have been at least two hundred and eighty pounds at the time, heaviest I've ever been. Um, where I whereas when I was fighting, I was two ten, two oh five. I even dropped down to one ninety five at a at a point, one ninety eight. And when I went back and I was training seven days a week, I had these aspirations to fighting. And then I actually took a vacation for my brother's birthday. And I remember my dad calling me, my my coach, my trainer, Hollywood, called me. All fights are off. And actually, even on this vacation, like, I wasn't doing anything stupid. I was going on runs every single morning on this vacation. I was running around. The, we were at an Airbnb, and I was still running around this neighborhood. I don't even know nothing about. We were oh. at tip-top at that point, at a tip-top shape, ready to go, and then this damn COVID-19 killed us. Called and me. You went from a 210 weight to 280? Well, the weight itself is a 201 plus. Okay. So, so you could be anything. So where was your best weight when you were fighting? My best weight was 205. And then COVID hit, and then you went to? 
But no, no, no. 205 is when I was fighting when I was 19 years old. Okay. So when I was 19 years old, I was fighting, and then I got injured with a wrist injury, trying to go into the Golden Gloves again. I was sparring. Somebody that was like 6'7", he was a little bit taller than me, and he was holding his bodyguards closer to his body. Hit his elbow, fractured the bone right on the outside of the wrist. Right after that, it kind of discouraged me a little bit, like, okay, I'm out of this game. The thing that comes with combat sports, being on your own, it's not like you're depending on a team. You're depending on yourself. So when I was training, it was only me. I didn't go out. I didn't party. I didn't. There's no lifestyle that you have outside of the gym. When I was in the school and I was in high school and I was in 12th grade, I would literally go to school, come home. I would rest for a little bit. I would go to the gym. We had practice at 6. We'd end practice at 8, 8.30 some days. And then I would go to the gym again, go to LA Fitness right down the road. And even if I didn't go to LA Fitness, we'd run. My father, my coach, Hollywood, he would have me and my little brother running every single day. The only day we didn't run was Sunday. And then there was one time, I remember, it was a Saturday, went to bed, didn't run that day. Woke up in the middle of the night, 1 o'clock, felt like poop. Felt literally like garbage. Woke up straight out of that, right out of that nap, went right on a run. That was probably the longest run I've ever did. I think it was like 9.25 miles just because I felt so bad for not running on a day that I normally run. So going back to what Philly said, do I have the aspirations to fight again? I do. But do I want to put myself through that training, knowing that at the end, is there going to be a fight? Is there going to be anything there for me? Because I did train last year, 2020, before COVID hit, and I put myself through extension of a workout, seven days a week, like I was saying where I was burning my where I was burning my body out and my coach said you're not you're not going to be like healthy for it and I said no no, no I got to I got to keep going I got to keep going I got to keep going came to a point where once that hit it was like I just put myself through that for what so if I have something We had him in we had him in a circuit too as well where the the guy who ran uh Muscles Gym took him aside and had him doing more things for his body flexibility and everything so he was doing double and a circuit set that's what's healthy for his body, and then training after that. Wow. Yeah, I, I had a personal trainer. Yeah. So before work, I was going to the gym at five a.m. Personal trainer for about two hours. They were, he was putting me through a through a circuit, constant workouts, back to back, back to back, back to back. He was helping me like build muscle without really lifting weights to like an extent. And then I'd go to work after my work day. I'd go back to the gym. Then I do all my boxing stuff. Damn. So what was your most memorable fight, knockout fight? You have to have one that just <laughs> you play back in your head all the time. There has to be one. I have two. Two. Bring it. I have two. Uh my first one, which is not my most memorable, but it, it is the knock is the knockdown one. It's not a knockout. I never had a knockout, but it's a knockdown one. Is my second fight of my career. Um I was novice right to start. My first fight was novice. So you go from novice and then you go to open. But as soon as I went into the Golden Gloves, it's like, okay, I automatically went right into open. It's fighting people that may have had. So I think it's for ten. those that don't know and I don't know, what is novice versus open? What so, is the difference? So novice is zero to 10 fights or five wins and over. So if you have 10 fights but have zero, zero wins, you're still novice until after that 10th fight. Or if you have, say, six fights but five wins, 
on your sixth fight or however, how, whenever it took you to get to them five wins, you are now open. You have to have five wins within those 10 fights and then you're open. So what's your take? Okay, so boxing, totally different than James and Philly. You guys like this W, the stuff we watched a couple weeks ago. UFC. UFC, UFC versus. Don't ever it, disrespect for starting with a W, Listen, right? a guy, a, a young man like this that's a huge boxing, I mean, fan. What is your take between what you trained for and you sported for versus that? Do you see, like, do you see that as, like, way different than what you were doing? I mean, is it a totally different training method? I mean, because we're talking kicking and all this other stuff, which you don't do. Yours is more of a, you know, yours is strategy, right? You're looking for jabs and, you know, duking people out and just kind of looking for the right spot. Where I'm watching this stuff a couple weeks ago with Philly and James, and I'm like, this is a crazy man sport. Yeah. You're doing something totally different. What is your perspective on those two different sports? Although they're similar, they're way different. I, I would personally just think that every single sport is different, no matter what it is, combat or if it's just professionalized. Um, combat, you you have to train to a certain extent. No matter would you if do it that? Is. Would you go into that? that Me, type? personally? Yeah. No, I suck at wrestling. No, I got pinned every single it. time in high school. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't do it, huh? <laughs> no, but speaking on that aspect, it doesn't take anything away from a UFC fighter to compare to a boxer. Boxing is just more of a sweet science. To whereas UFC, UFC, you're kind of just fighting for the blood. You're fighting, you're fighting to the end, no matter what, until somebody's knocked out or tapped. To whereas boxing, you're either trying to win a round, or trying to knock this guy out, or just trying to follow your game plan. Yeah. See, this is a question I have. So, like you guys talked about COVID hitting, and then that kind of detoured whatever you were doing, right? So, if I can relate this to music in any way, like Philly and I. We, you know, when you're into something, whether it's boxing or any type of art form, it could be martial arts, whatever, you live, eat, breathe it. Like, when I, you know, if I'm working on my craft, which is music, I'm going home, I'm listening to video, I'm watching videos, I'm watching performances, I'm listening to lyrics, I'm trying to polish myself. And I guarantee you're probably the same way, whether you're watching film or training or, you know, you're, you're immersed in this thing. What, what could get you to a point where, something that's exterior that's out of your control like covid or let's say you can never get in the ring again how can you get to a place mentally where you're still down to put in the work and be at a level where you can compete regardless of something deterring you from doing it the only thing i think personally from that is yourself yeah the only thing that is stopping you is yourself whether it is music or whether it is a sport or even if it's not a sport and it is say a job or a career the only person that's stopping you from doing what you really want to do or truly want to do is yourself. Do you feel that way about boxing, though? Like, Because what I did with music is like I'm kind of content with the fact that I'm not going to be famous with music. And I maybe don't even want to be that, but I'll always do music because I love it. I'm always ready. Like, If someone wants me to rap on the mic, I'm always ready. Do you have the love for boxing to where if you never got in the ring again, you could be fight ready? Or is it like if you can't be fight ready, you don't want to be involved in it? No, I mean, it's not really just fight ready. You know, I mean, if, if you don't want to be fight ready, you're not ready to fight at all. Right. Pers- personally thinking, like, if, like just from your music aspect, if you, if you don't have any lyrics written down or anything, any thoughts in your mind, why would you even want to speak? Why would you even want to mm. sit there and try to rhyme or anything like that when you have nothing even relevant talking about? 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's a yeah. If I have nothing to say, yeah. If I have nothing to say, I'm not gonna write any lyrics. But what I'm saying is because I feel like you always have something to say. Do you have a love for it to where you'll at least practice? Always, always, and even if I don't practice, it's always practice can come from many different aspects. Mm -hmm. It's from watching, it's from learning. It all comes from from the mental, mental stability, and that's like like I said, watching. Even if, you, even if you don't train, you can always take your knowledge and just at least put it onto somebody else. So if I don't at least fight, I can at least tell somebody else who may not know anything from them from those aspects and help them out. That's what that's what's up. That's awesome. Yeah. Any uh, any motivational music you used to listen to when you were boxing? Uh, motivational music. Yeah. Yeah. No. Honestly, those those movies alone would kind of just help me out. You know, just seeing where Rocky would come from from the bottom. And where all odds were kind of stacked against him with all the fighters that he had within the movies, it's like, okay, well, if he's doing this, he sees himself with his back against the ropes. Yeah. The hype is within the next man. And he's always been the underdog. But the only way to overcome that is to overwork that next person. And he always has. And he always had that heart. And the heart comes from way deeper within. Who did you look up to? Like, I know a lot of people, you know, they have people that they either mirror or look at their techniques like what kind of fighter were you were like an inside fighter outside fighter and who who did you look up to that really made you want to improve in a certain way um there's three there's three different people that i'd say i would look up to and personally thinking just to say for one i would honestly say my dad just because he was always boxing and knowing where he came from and everything that he's went through it kind of made me want to like do the same thing and if not like just not even be the greedy it's just to be better Mm-hmm. just because and other than that my two top favorite fighters would be mike tyson just the way that he beats the body on the inside and gets in and he's greedy and he's grindy and then there's also muhammad ali where he just moves around the ring and he'll stick and move and that that personally just from a whole bunch of other people's aspects was my best move was my jab wow that's lit so i wanted to ask you since i'm obviously i've coached my son for a number of years with your dad as your trainer what is that dynamic like? <clears throat> Excuse me. I've I've had opportunity to coach my son when he was very young, and then I took years away to where I could own my craft. He can do his thing as an athlete, and then I coached him again. What is that like as an adult? You know, because, you know, 17, 18, 19, you're basically an adult, dude. Right. You know, you're old enough to go to war. You're old enough to smoke cigarettes, whatever. What is that like? What's that dynamic like? Does it affect the home life? Just, just give me your perspective on that. It could, affect, it could affect a lot of things, but even just like touching base on it, like from when you're younger, my my dad's always been my coach, and the thing I could say about my dad is, he's always been harder on me, and personally, just him being harder on me has made me who I am today, has made me the athlete that I am today. Then, I, I personally think that I'm a lot better than a lot of other people, and that's. Not to be greedy, but I am greedy. So I trained and I put in the work to do that. And he's pushed me to that extent because he was always harder on me. When we were in football, he'd make me run if somebody else was talking to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, there's, there's nothing I could beat outside of that. To whereas if I had just like a regular coach, and I've had plenty of other regular coaches where it's not my father, they, they may not like me. They don't want to push me to that extent. They want to see me do that outside of what they're teaching. But my dad doesn't have to like me. 
I know at the end of the day he's going to love me, but he doesn't have to like me. And he's, but he's still going to push me to that extent because he wants to see me get right. to that point to where as a coach may not want to see that person get to that point unless they push themselves to it. That's so cool to hear, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great take. So, Unc, let me ask you, Hollywood, what is it like coaching your son? What is it like seeing him in there having his highs and his lows? Like, what? It, take me through that roller coaster with you. Oh, <clears throat> well, you know, Mike, from back when you was a kid, you came and seen me fight. And, and I believe you've seen one of the most horrific fights that I fought when Mateo's older brother, Rico, fought. And you remember when he got his face all bloodied. And we'll never forget his name. His name was Willie Glass, and his son was much older than him. And I was mad at the trainer, which was my trainer, Ruben, for putting Rico in there. But the kid showed me that he had heart, and he kept getting up and getting up and getting up. And um, and I knew when I seen the kid's name, I like this this kid's got like eleven fights, man. You know, you shouldn't even match them all. But because of the fighter that I was. And my trainer automatically assumed that my son was going to be just that tough. And that kind of, I think, from that time on, where that turned Rico away from the game. And so I took it on in the father, and I gave him a beating just because of my son. And it, it was a good thing. Here's my son. He leads off, and I'm the main event. So it's like, uh, daddy's got you. Don't you worry. When you train, When you train your son... It's always your son, but then you have to look at him at your fighter. He's your fighter. You're, here's a product that you're trying to build because you know what they have in you. Now, you got him and Fast Eddie. I mean, you've seen Mike. You're around. You're around the entourage. How fast these guys came up so quickly. I mean, these guys fought 20 fights almost in one year. Hey, Mattel, what was your record? Your record, you got 25 fights. 19 and 6. 19 and 6. Damn. Bowie had 20. Solid. And these guys were just the talk of, of, of the town. No matter where we went, they wanted to come see these boys fight. And you, I have a whole different lavish for boxing is being a fighter. And, and I want my son to be better than me. And I know I could take him to the top. I could take him to the, the Appalachia of boxing because he has that ability he's a different fighter than i was talk about that for a minute so talk about the mentality of a boxer like we're all football guys right grandmaster yeah. b i love boxing though. james i know you're a football guy i fucking <laughs> love football more hey, than i can't think of something i don't love football more. i know we love football mattel you play football at a high level you understand down goes frazier <laughs> but the mentality of a fighter I, I believe is different it's it's more cutthroat i I don't want to say it's more cutthroat, but in the same time, it is because it's one on one. It's you versus me. Um, in football, it's it's eleven on eleven. In basketball, it's five on five. You know what I mean? Like there's there's different levels to the shit. In right. UFC, you can use a different skill set than you can in boxing. It's a stand up fighting game. You're using your upper body. Um, your conditioning is more important. I mean, there's 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 waves to it. So. I guess, what's the difference in mentality since you guys both have been on both sides of it? Well, the mentality you got to have is, is a, is a you got to be like a dog, okay? You got this guy in there. You don't know the, the type of skills. You only know from what you see. He, he's in there trying to take you out. So I'm going to give my damn, you're going to do that to me or my fighter, okay? Um, 
but I'm going to know if my fighters had enough. You see? And I'm not one of them dads, well, yeah, it's my son, you know, this and that. No, I, I treat him like, you know, like any other kid I would treat. You are my fighter, okay? You'll always be my son. We get out of the ring, we hug, we hug before, we hug after, you know, all three of us. Um, but you have a job to do. And it's my if I don't push you to there, then I don't do my job. And I'm smart enough in this game knowing that um, I was coming up in a, in a time in the fight in the, uh, back in the day in the 90s when I had a lot, a lot of opportunities taken from me. I had to make decisions. Mateo was a baby. He was young. Either I'm going to raise my son or I'm going to go off and do my business and become a professional boxer. Which one's it going to be? Well, you know, your son's up in the hospital. He's sick. So I had to man up, swallow my pride, go through night sweats and everything like that because I love the game of boxing that much. You, you're either going to be a man and, and be there for your son or you're going to go do everything about yourself. And believe me, I was tied in between because I loved boxing that much. And it's not easy to walk away from the game. Like James uh, bring up a special thing about saying, well, could you keep yourself motivated in, in boxing? Well, I was thinking, like, I'm not fighting nobody. So why don't I push myself to that brink? There's no, who am I going to fight? There's no appellation. Yeah. I want, I, I, want, I want to see that guy's face that I'm fighting every time on that bag that I hit it, every time on the speed bag and the jump rope. I want to go to bed thinking of him. But when there's nothing there, it's hard for a fighter. So you deal with different things in your head. And, uh, you know, it's not easy to walk away as a fighter. And still to this day, and I'm 50 years old, it's hard. But the biggest thing that motivates me when I see my sons or son get in the ring, and it's like, oh, my God, it's better than me fighting. Yeah. Because I'm giving them the knowledge, and I'm watching. My job is not to sit there and root them on. My job is to watch his homework and give it to him back in the corner and feed him. And that's the thing, even as a coach, someone who's coached his son, I know you guys don't have sons, but it's the most gratifying thing in the world. Yes. Because I never was able to make it to that level or done what he's done. You know, I've done it to a certain point, but, like, for him to continue on is very, very special. So that's a great thing. And for you to experience that, it's awesome. So, Mateo, we're going to move on. I got one topic I'd like to discuss with the group. So any closing words you'd like to say? Um, closing words, I mean, honestly, there was just, like, one thing that I did want to touch back with on, you know, I didn't want to leave Grandmaster B outside the pocket because he did ask a question a little bit ago that I didn't get to touch to um, on, like, my my greatest moments. And there was that fight after that, nov- after that novice fight where I did go into the Golden Gloves, and this dude looked like straight like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar walked Shit. around. He had Turnell, him. yeah, he was a bad no, boy. Not him. Not him. No. No, yeah, Tony Pupio. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tony Tony Pupio at when we were in the Duplex Center for the first time, and um, you know he, he looked he looked straight like Brock Lesnar, and like I, me personally, I don't I don't look at nobody like okay, I'm not scared of this person. I don't care who he fought, where he comes from. That that's just me as a fighter. I don't I don't care who you fought, who you fought before, where right. you come from, where you train, who's your trainer. I'm not worried about any of that. So when I seen him, it was just another person. But he was big. Went in there, did my game plan, just kind of moved him around the ring and found my moment where I dropped him. 
He tried ducking underneath a punch, hit him with a right hook, and he dropped. He dropped. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, dropped yes. quick, and he did not get back up for feel? a second. Did it, it feel? Felt, yeah. The energy when you knock somebody down or knock somebody out runs through your literally runs through your veins. You could feel it with when that punch connected. I felt it run straight through my fist, up my arm, straight to my heart, and I just knew automatically. But that was the greatest knock knockdown. Um, greatest fight, honestly, personally speaking, would say with Carnell. Um, this would be my third fight with him. It's the fight trilogy. of the year, man. That was, yeah. It's the Are trilogy. you going to go back into this? Because I can, from what you're talking and how you're talking, there's a passion still inside you. Oh, there is. And it's never I mean, there's leave. something that never left you for the sport. And you see yourself conditioning, training. You have a great dad here, Hollywood, look up to as a trainer. You got some deep motivation still. I can tell in your tone and everything, although I'm listening off to the side here. Everything I'm hearing sounds like an athlete that wants to come back and redeem. You, I, are you ready to come back? I'm always ready, no matter what. If I, if I was given a time right now that I say, hey, we have a fight in three weeks, I'm, I'm going. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm going to stop every single thing that I'm doing right now just to go train. I think that's we awesome. just can't be given. Yeah. We can't be given a date because yeah. it's COVID. Right. And this, it's whole, this is two years in the making now. That that we were trained and ready, we change up defense and everything and speed, and this COVID has screwed us. One thing I wanted to ask: there was something you got into it because it was kind of in the family. There was always some love for the sport. Did you find that you loved the sport as much as they were trying to say, "Why don't you try boxing?" Did you what what got when you finally put on gloves, you put on the head unit and all that stuff, and then. You started going into a gym. Did you find, like, I like this? Was it in your blood to do this, or was it forced on you? Or did you just say, you know what, I really, I'm kind of liking this, you know, because some some parents, and myself included, I mean, I wanted my, I have daughters. I wanted to play softball. My one daughter likes softball, but not as much as she liked playing volleyball. Right. So the sport was kind of like what I thought would be best for her. Did you find that, although you had the family history, did you find you found a love for it right away, or did it take time for you to really take a liking to the sport? It wasn't force. No? Not, not one bit. Honestly, I think it was kind of more of, like, led in the right direction. When I was 14, I actually went to my dad and said, I want a box. And what I tell you? I like to hit. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We'll, we'll go. When I was 14, I said I wanted a box. We went to the gym, and that's when I first started. Was I good? No. I didn't really know much. I didn't really have any type of experience behind me, but does it take work? Yes, it does. It takes work for anything, no matter what you do. It's, yeah, you may have raw boxing, natural talent. Dude, that is like that is a sport that it's almost like wrestling. You know, when I when I played high school sports, I know you got to talk about something here, Philly. But no. when I played high school sports, wrestling seemed like the odd sport to me. But the conditioning to become a wrestler, as it is to be a boxer, was extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, cutting weight, conditioning was different than running scenics like hollywood we used to do or log rolls and stuff like that or just doing you know absolutely when you had to do what a boxer had to do a wrestler you're like that's a crazy man you know know, there's a total different conditioning when i knew i didn't like boxing was a me and mariko fought in your living room and he hit me in the face one time. That's all I I beat cold. his ass. I beat his ass. You know, because we were fucking yeah. we were on our knees because Rico was younger than me. Right. And, I, and I beat his ass, you know, boxing. He got me in the face one time. Like, I don't like getting hit in my face, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with that shit. I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditional sports guy. I'm good with this. But for you, man, I give you a lot of credit, dude, for what you've been able to accomplish. I'm proud of you as an older cousin. 
Hollywood for putting in the time. You know, it takes a lot to do that. And, you know, for people that don't understand the work that that entails, the hours that goes into it at the gym, all that stuff. So props to you guys, man. Yeah, and you awesome. as well. I mean, the time you put in with football and everything, that's the same. Even over two different sports, but you know the timing, you know what it takes to, to raise champions. And, you know, at least to get them there and try to get them there in the right direction. So we all know what, what we give up. You give up your life and with a job and everything just as well as I do. It, it's time and it's commitment. And that's what we do for these kids. So it's a great thing. Commendable. Coming, coming down to the point, pretty much just to finish things up, is kind of within a person, finding your passion no matter what you do, always follow through with it. Even if even if it seems like it's not going, it's not moving, it's, it's rugged and, it, and it's horrible, just keep pushing through. And no matter what, you're... you're your own self guidance is going to lead you in the right direction, and you're always going to find where that where that end piece is. And if you don't find that end piece, that's just because you have to keep going. Knowing that no matter what aspect you come from, no matter what you're trying to go to, whatever your goal is, you're going to get it. And even if you don't, that's always going to be the next thing for you to do for the next day. That's why you keep pushing forward. And I appreciate you guys letting me on here and let me speak and let me get how I feel about my things. And that's all I can pretty much say. I think it was great. Yeah. Thank good, you. Good topic, Thank you. man. That's awesome, I mean, that's awesome, young man. athlete still has it in him. Yes, yes. Passion is still there. You can tell. Don't give yeah. up on that dream. And Holy's got one more thing to say. Come on. I'm more than other people. It's just who I am. I sacrificed so much of my life. <laughs> Gotta I love it. Get laid. You know what I mean? I've been robbed of most oh, of wait, my life. Oh, wait. Mateo wants to talk? <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Get off the freaking mic. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> what you got, man? That's amazing. Hey, That's what awesome. I what I, hey, what I got is the same thing I started with, man. If you if you want it, if I got to get back in the ring, no matter who it is, whoever's listening, only question I got for you is, what you go do, <laughs> man? What you go do, Deep. man? Deep. That's what it is, man. Mateo Rubio, check him out. Follow him. Make sure you check him out, man. Great athlete. I'm very proud of him. So everybody, thank you for tuning in. Episode seven. This has been a great episode. A wide variety of fucking topics and and talk. So, Mateo Rubio, thank you for coming on. Hollywood, Just James, Grandmaster B. Hey, one more thing before we go tonight. Yeah. Who do you got in the fight? Who's winning the fight? I got Canelo. Canelo Alvarez. Me too. Canelo. <laughs> Canelo. 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 I think Dick Fitzwell is going to do great. I think he's a great. He's an up-and-comer. <laughs> yeah, I fuck with Sug my dick. <laughs> We got a lot of editing. editing Dick Balls. That. Remember, my name is Dick Balls. Right, dude. I thought this was gonna be an easy one to edit, and uh, it's, it's gonna be it, a disaster. It's, so, it's gonna be a fucking monster. So this one comes out in two weeks, guys. Uh, right. <laughs> right. This will your be out June the first. Your boys working a lot of hours. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all. Be good. <laughs>